0: Warning the program you're about to listen to is filled with really bad singing. You have been warned. And welcome back, ladies and germs, to your most lovable, annoying nerds on the interwebs. Hi, guys. We are, so to speak, I'm Evan Mead. I'm Lyle Groninger. And we've got our guests, guests schmes like guest hosts who uh, practically help us carry they the show. They practically live with us now. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> Cody McDonald, do John- I
1: get invicted? Oh,
0: <laughs> damn! Yeah, he's rolling in the pop talk. Dude. Yeah, I mean, we'll just probably uh, no, we'll have to raise his rent if that's the case.
1: <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got some talking for some popping. Ah, nice.
0: <laughs> okay. So, tonight's show. We're also joined by Josh. Yeah, you we've Josh got one. Josh on well, the show. I'm
2: basically an executive producer at this point. No <laughs> fucking
0: kidding, yeah. He's doing great. So, tonight. Um, How much money do you pay for the show, Josh? <laughs> oh, he's our highest paid. Not enough. Not enough. That's yeah. <laughs> no, nice of you. He has a little desk label at his workspace, office. he has an office saying, Executive Producer Josh Weinberg of the show. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tonight is another albums episode, but there's a twist. Um, while we love talking about our favorite albums, we firmly believe here at So to Speak that movie soundtracks, that is, movies with a collection of songs I feel like we should stress the difference between a soundtrack and a score. Yes, please. Movie soundtracks are the collection of songs that are heard in the movie. Movie score is the orchestral compositions that are made specifically for the movie. A good, ex- I'll, I'll give you an example. The John Williams wrote the score for Jurassic Park. The soundtrack for Tron Legacy was written and produced by Daft Punk. Seriously. Well, that's
3: also a score, though. It's
0: it's score slash soundtrack. Well, uh, there are tons of instrumental Daft Punk Ooh. songs, so it's kind of like an in between thing. Sorry, yeah. So the point is yeah. like, <laughs> we'll So the point is. Sometimes, uh, to make a good movie requires some damn good songs, and we're going to talk about five of our favorite times each when a movie we watched was just made better by the songs it had in. I, th- I think some of us are also covering video games too. So. Yeah, no, movies and video games. Yeah, my there will bad. Be
2: some curveballs in here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll okay.
0: Oh no, this is no, this is going to be sick. So, without further ado, Lyle, kick us the fuck off. Well. Let me just Hey,
1: uh, you hey, us off the show,
3: finally. <laughs> okay. what? Yeah, get out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lyle Show now! Wait, don't move. If any of you fucking pricks move, I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! Great segue. Smooth, uh, louder, smooth as Louder,
0: pump smooth. it. <laughs>
3: Sorry, I just know that. I'm gonna, gonna give you a black eye for saying the black eyed peas. <laughs> 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 okay, so my uh. first my first album for tonight is a classic. It's uh, none other than uh, Pulp Fiction, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, We've talked. I never heard about, oh. We oh, I never we have never one. ever ever mentioned this movie on the show. Yeah. But, um, and the, yeah, there's. I never, the... I,
0: I never heard of it. What's it about? Pulp Fiction. Oh, um, is it about? Uh, it's about a guy who works in a juicing facility with Pulp, and he writes fiction in his spare time. That sounds like a Jim Jarmusch movie, actually. (laughs) Yeah, Pulp Fiction, directed by Jim Jarmusch. (laughs) (laughs) And his ideas just come to life while he's working his shitty Joe job at the juicer. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. But, um, no. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about Pulp Fiction before. I I think it really needs no introduction. And Cody and I even did a whole episode... About Tarantino, and about an hour of that was devoted to the the movie *Pulp Fiction* in and of itself. Yeah. One, one aspect that I don't think we really covered too too much uh, upon revisiting it was the soundtrack, which was a heavy collection of rock and roll and surf rock and soul. It's a very uh, it's a very diverse list actually. I, I, the word eclectic is used very much when describing the soundtrack. Um. And what, uh, what Tarantino was trying to go for when he was making this soundtrack Is that he wanted to elicit the feeling of an Ennio Morricone score So that's why there's so much surf That's why there's so much twang to it and so much flavor Which is kind of funny because years later he would uh, end up working with Ennio Morricone On things like uh, The Hateful Eight So that's pretty funny How Now that? I can see He kind of predicted mm-hmm. his own future there one thing that's kind of nice about the album, too, is on top of some really nice 60s tracks that are kind of, like, under the radar, or a few deep cuts here and there, there's also, and I, I don't know if movies do this anymore, but there's, like, excerpts from the movie, like, dialogue pieces, like the Pumpkin Honey Bunny intro, or the Royale Cheese dialogue, mm. like that kind of thing, it's just sort of... And some songs are even preloaded with, like, a little excerpt, like, Zed's Dead, baby. Zed's the the dead. Clark
0: soundtrack did that a little they
3: bit. They did, and so did Mall Routes. So wow. I don't know if it was just a 90s thing. I don't know. I, I don't really pay attention to, like, soundtracks too often, but it's off. I, I noticed that was a huge thing around that time. I guess when you have a quotable script, you might as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a... Um... I
1: recall the Armageddon. I recall... I recall the Armageddon soundtrack having that bit in the movie between Liv
0: Tyler and Ben Affleck when they were doing uh, the uh, Animal again. Cracker scene. The Animal Crackers, god damn it. <laughs> That's just the pinnacle of intimate love scene dialogue. Like, move over, fucking Casablanca. Move over, The Notebook. Armageddon, the Animal Cracker scene, best love dialogue ever. <laughs> or in the words of Liv Tyler,
2: Baby, you have such sweet fellow talk." fuck off movie Mm. go you want to see love do you want to see uh live tyler and And ben affleck that is just a cut above oh homie you're so sexy when you're paranoid pretty much
4: (laughs) yeah
0: so think about it no if you i said this in the kevin smith episode but if you want to see Liv tyler and ben affleck have actual good chemistry in a movie go watch jersey girl
3: if you want yeah anyways back to pulp fiction um i guess i could last off like a couple of like shots that i personally like i i mean miserloo is basically like the theme of the movie it carries it's the whole one thing. of
2: these surf songs people think of when they think of surf rock
3: exactly it's such a definitive song i love it in fact um one of my favorite things <clears throat> to watch <clears throat> I I love, <throat> uh, <clears throat> take two take two um yeah it's just it, i i saw like this one 1990 whoa hello i saw this one 1995 uh release of dick dale playing the song in his 60s live on MTV, and it was freaking metal as hell. He just does all this improvisation, and it's super fast. I'll have to send it to you guys. It's really fun.
2: Mm. I, I actually it. do want to check that out.
3: He he's, he's still got it, and I'm impressed. I think that version was uh, also used in Guitar he Hero. It was also used in Guitar Hero 2 as well. That that music. was where I
2: first heard of the song.
3: Yeah. What's another good one? Uh, Jungle Boogie by Cool and the Gang, which oh, is like yes. the... Uh, the the segue into the main intro super kicking
2: i love the horns on that one
3: yeah yeah and there's also son of a preacher man by dusty uh, springfield which introduces Miss <laughs> Amelia
2: wallace <laughs>
3: In that exact same area, we also have Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, a nice Neil Diamond cover Girl. by Urge Over. the Radio
2: in the West. You'll Be <laughs> a Woman
3: Soon. <laughs> yeah, that was kicking. I think one of my favorite songs of the album is actually this one song called Bullwinkle Part 2. And that's the heroin scene. Bum like. <laughs> that song is dirty. But you know what the dirtiest song on the entire <laughs> the entire soundtrack is, "Comanche" by the the Revels. So, banananananana, and then the sax sax kicks in. I wonder
1: why it's so dirty. Did it scene that happened to be very dirty?
3: Yeah, that's that's a foul scene, but just the sax. I don't know what it does. It just adds to that that aura skeeviness i feel like i need to have a shower every time i finish that song
2: uh
3: it's kind of cool like the person in charge of the uh the album or just like the uh the compilation was actually in pulp fiction she was the uh she was the waitress I'm trying to find her name actually but yeah <laughs> garçon means boy i can't find it dang it but anyways yeah overall like i think sound- it's kind of funny, because this movie came out the exact same year as, like, Forrest Gump, which also used a heavy amount of 60s music. But with Pulp Fiction, it just kind of felt like Tarantino was just hitting the, the albums one day and just, like, found a bunch of, like, not-so-big songs. There's a couple of big ones, but not many. And, uh, yeah, it, it just adds a flavor. It was, it was like, For,
1: Forrest Gump was the greatest hits of the 60s, and Pulp Fiction was the deep cuts of the 60s.
3: Yeah, exactly and i like it for that i think it, i think it's like because now every time i hear this song like just like out in my day-to-day life i immediately think of scenes from pulp fiction mm. like uh that one song mm. uh uh where was it let's stay together you know um so can talk love with you that song
1: time's a good happy and a sad
3: Bow. Yeah, and I just immediately think of—I just immediately think of Marcel, the back of Marcellus Wallace's head, and and Bruce Willis just giving his typical stone-faced expression. Just kind of become the the backbone of his entire um, career now. But that's that, that's a discussion for another day. I just always think of that shot every time I hear that song now but um now did
2: you listen at all to some of the bonus tracks on the uh, re-release in 2002 the re-release mm. is that um yeah so there was a collector's edition that came out it would have been eight years later um there's a couple of bonus tracks on there the most notable one being uh the surf classic rumble by link ray and his Raymen.
3: Oh, no i can't say that i have strawberry letter 23
2: is on there too nice it sort of just adds more, even more '60s flair to the uh, to the, the scenes. Plus, you get a bonus Tarantino interview on the second disc.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. Like *Pulp Fiction* no, is like no. a '90s movie that looks like it's trying to be a '40s movie with a '60s soundtrack and a '70s aesthetic. It's just like such a blend of decades. So that sounds like we'll get a remake in
2: another few years.
3: No, no, <laughs> knock on wood. Nobody no. touch
0: this with a ten-foot pole. No. Miramax. Don't remake Pulp Fiction. Keep your
2: dick you mean, in your you mean, pants, you mean, Hollywood. <laughs> I, think, uh, oh, great. Now I think I think we, Cody. Cody. Oh, no. oh great, oh, Cody. Are you gonna be all right?
1: No. no. Oh, man, it's gonna be a
2: long.
1: long night, gentlemen. Oh man, a long night indeed. I'm okay. I'm I'm a little Fonzie over here. <laughs> I'm cool.
3: Yeah. You Gotta be cool. <laughs> I hope you are.
1: I'm cool. I'm cool in the game.
4: <laughs>
2: mm. right. Well then, this calls for a celebration For my first pick tonight I figure we'll go from one of the most hardcore films in the 90s to one of the most beautiful animated films of all time and one of, one of which its soundtrack was a big catalyst for me getting into the world of classical music and that is the soundtrack to Walt Disney Pictures' fifth ever animated feature, Fantasia from 1940
0: oh, wow. now, Can I just say something about Fantasia itself? I find it incredible that they made such a visual masterpiece as their fifth movie. Like, it wasn't their tenth movie. I feel like this is the kind of movie that a studio would wait until they've had, like, ten movies under their belt to make. No, no. Disney had, like, really pure, beautiful talent. And they just threw it out there. And it really won. I'm pretty
2: sure it's the fifth ever. Because I I know there was Snow White. There was... Dumbo and Pinocchio. Yes, it's a sorry. It is the third ever feature. There was Snow White. Whoa. There was Pinocchio, and then Fantasia. That's wow. even more impressive.
3: And it's the even third funnier. Ever. It's even funnier because the whole reason the movie even existed was like because like they wanted to revitalize the popularity of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, because. <laughs> yeah so the sorcerer's apprentice cody
0: what are your thoughts on mickey mouse because did didn't you say this on another podcast or we were just chatting like oh as, as, in a friend's hangout one day and you said something really insightful about mickey mouse that i think the world needs to hear kind of critical actually
1: uh he's not a character he's a symbol
0: true yeah, that's, that's accurate yeah but in event in the sorcerer's he's Apprentice. not a ca- yeah. In can the, anybody
1: can anybody tell me any sort of personality or any sort of character trait about Mickey Mouse? He's an average. He watch the newer okay, cartoons,
2: you'll actually get <laughs> some good traits. Like then again, that's an aside. But the newer shorts, yeah, really really high quality. Yeah. So, Evan is right that the impetus for Fantasia was that Walt Disney really loved the um the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the idea of having a, a film centered around Mickey as that title character. And from there, it unfolded into using various pieces of classical music, which which were backed by some beautiful animation, to really just tell the story that music can, in fact, take you any way you can think of. And it starts with just the very abstract use of Toccata and Fugue in D minor. You know, you have every piece of the orchestra being represented in in, an animated aspect, and just the, Leopold Stokowski does a great job with, you know, leading this orchestra because the original stuff was done by him. Uh, I believe there was another composer, Owen Kostel, that did some re-recordings, which were, which if you're going to listen to the whole soundtrack, you can either, list, there's two different versions on streaming. There's like the re-release from the 90s, I think 93, and then in 2015 for the 75th anniversary, Walt Disney Records put out uh, a legacy collection version of it, which adds both recordings plus a couple of bonus tracks um including the version of peter and the wolf and make my music with a narration from the voice of uh winnie the pooh sterling holloway but Uh. one of the most beautiful pieces is their version of the nutcracker suite because the various parts in there i love the flower dance where like the different flowers or plants are sort of representing different I mean, yes. This this is a disclaimer that it was the '40s. It was a different time, so there were different things that represent different ethnicities. There's mushrooms. There's flowers that represent Russian Bolsheviks. Uh, things like that. And this is just pre- this,
0: this was pre Cold War Russia we're talking about. <clears throat> so Russia yes. at this point in history, Russia and the United States were allies
2: against the the Nazis. So it was cool to portray their culture. And the whole idea of like the seasons being reflected through that Nutcracker suite, where you have the end where these fairies are skating on the ice, or at least you can imagine it, and turning everything freezing. That 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 it's. I mean, yes, it is associated with the Christmas time, but that's always an, an enjoyable piece for me. Of course, The Sorcerer's Apprentice is so classic that Disney, when they did Fantasia two thousand sixty years later, they literally just throw that in there as well because it did so well. Yeah, why but It's a classic for a reason, and it's one of Mickey's more mischievous but kind of jerkish roles because you know he's lazy and he almost floods his, his uh the sorcerer's workshop which the sorcerer of course is named Yensid. i'll give you a moment to figure out what that means
3: shoot what does it mean disney spelled backwards
2: Oh, oh yeah. I forgot and about that. Sid. Ah. And it gets to some really into some really dark and interesting themes. I mean, the entire Rite of Spring passage is about the history of evolution from the dinosaurs through to, I guess, a more modern perhaps Cro Magnon era of human. Yeah. Um you go on to something like Dance of the Hours, which have different animal species representing the hours of the day. I think it's alligators that represent um, the morning. And then I think there's hippos that are like the afternoon. Uh, I have not watched Fantasia in a little bit, but I, I want to watch it again now on Disney oh, Plus because yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I, uh, the one odd duck is the Pastoral Symphony only because just the theme of it being, it is themed around Mount Olympus, which obviously Hercules would do that too, but the the fact that, like, because it's also a product of its time, originally there were like, um, there's like centaurs and there's, uh, it's it's based around Greek gods and goddesses. So you have that mythological aspect, but there were some certain racial things for that time that, you know, they cut that out of later later re releases for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. But that's one of the more examples of using really lush animation. You know, you can really see you can really see yourself running around those fields. They're so nice, but you don't talk about Fantasia without talking about their version of Mussorgsky's Night on Bald Mountain because yeah. that is one of the most heavy pieces of classical music that at least I can think of and to have Disney's version of Chernobyl to go along with it like, uh, yeah. You can you can see, you know, if there was a party in hell, the demons would be banging that out. It is yeah. really dark, but then to have that juxtaposed against the climax of the film in Ave Maria with like the shining church lights and the procession of people walking towards the church at the top of a mountain
3: yeah it was pretty good yeah it's definitely a highlight
2: and the fact that it's the the film itself is framed around you know the, the narrator deem's tale is sort of introducing each segment but you know it just has the orchestra very casually coming in getting tuned up and even there's a little intermission segment where I believe the idea of sound is represented by different aspects of you know, just things moving on the screen and it is a little bit of a tricky Disney film to recommend because it is a little more abstract but yeah. I think once you get into it then you will love it and the whole part of the whole Fanta sound thing where movie theaters actually had to be specifically equipped with like certain surround sound aspects to really get the most out of what they were trying to do with the score.
0: Oh wow that I didn't know
3: yeah it was a whole hmm. new development back wow. then mm-hmm
1: I've only seen the film once, so I really don't have that much to add in terms of uh, the score, but I do remember just the presentation of the visuals and music being
2: fairly striking for its time. And they only really get better when it's, um, if you watch a more recent remastering, I'm sure the version on Disney Plus is the most recent uh, Blu-ray release or something close to that. It's it's really something on mono-TVs, and even on like, I have it on VHS as well, even to see it, back when I was a kid, and just to see how striking it looked even then. Um, With the Legacy Collection re-release, you also do get a recording that Stokowski did of a deleted segment, which is based on the piece Claire de Lune. So if that's something that interests anyone, I definitely recommend checking it out on streaming services, because it's there. Plus, it's got some really nice sort of uh, drawn artwork of Mickey at the top of that mountain from The Sorcerer's Apprentice.
3: Yeah, no, that was a good choice. That classic moment. It's kind of mm-hmm. rare, for so to speak, to talk about anything that didn't come before, like, the
0: 1970s.
2: Well, as Disney himself said, quote, Fantasia is timeless. It may run 10, 20, or 30 years. It may run after I'm gone. Fantasia is an idea in itself. I can never build another Fantasia. I can improve. I can elaborate. That's all. Yeah. Nice. Well, they part. kind of did that with Fantasia
1: 2000.
2: Yeah, (laughs) It did. Although I I do think at its core, as an aside, Fantasia 2000 does keep the core tenets of what they were trying to do with the original in terms of making classical music appeal to kids. But they also did modernize it a little bit. Now, whether we see another Fantasia as a Disney Plus original in the next 10 to 20 years, we'll see. No! Please! If you're you're looking to get your kids into classical music at all, this is a great starting point. And then maybe... Get them to see an actual live performance when those start to resume a little more frequently. Mm. Absolutely. Because yeah, I, I actually have a Sorcerer Mickey hat. I'm sure. I think it's either here or in my room at home, but it lights up and everything. I, 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 I know this that's hat. Nice.
0: I know this hat you speak of. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Available and, uh, at. Yeah, the... that's
2: about all I've got to say on this one. Yeah. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, no. Josh's uh, Fantasia hat available at a Disney theme park uh, gift shop near you.
2: Okay. Probably eBay at this point. Oh yeah, when no, I got it, it sure. was like fall two thousand eight, so quite a ways ago. Yeah.
0: Uh, theme parks. Enter at your own risk. <laughs> oh yes. All right. So uh, this brings uh, us to my first album of the evening, Cody. Get ready to gush, because on your show, you just talked about the movie Drive a few weeks ago. Um, great Pop Talk episode uh, with your friend Jess. I really liked it. Um, now, I'm going to take a second to talk about the musical element of Drive, because um, when I saw the movie for the you, first... You plagiarizing. Fuck. Uh, hey, <laughs> it's not plagiarizing if, if the boss kind of is like takes it. i give you credit where credits do man all right so my two cents here's my take on the soundtrack well it's kind of since cody already talked about you know the use of the songs in his pop talk i'm gonna sh- show what they mean to me not much more else much, not much more else i can add but it, it just uh, it really struck a chord with me because um so in the movie drive you have. I saw it uh, for the first time in the theater with my dad in 2011. Right, either right before or right after I started college at the Toronto Film School. So, uh, the movie itself was actually. I was expecting kind of an, a Fast and the Furious knockoff. I went in blind. I didn't know anything about Drive. I just knew. Oh, it has cars and Ryan Gosling. So it could be. I thought it was trying to capitalize off the success of the Fast and the Furious franchise, because we had Fast Five earlier that summer. I was 100% wrong. Drive is its own thing, its own story, its own artistic vision, and the music... Oh, man. uh, The music is ingrained so beautifully into uh, every aspect of this film. Uh, The soundtrack itself is one of those uh, soundtracks where... They have five songs by artists and the rest of the soundtrack are, uh, composition tracks by one Cliff Martinez who scored the film. But, um, the first, the movie opens in the first, in the opening scene where, uh, the driver is driving, uh, those, uh, criminals as they do their job. And then, great scene by the way, uh, Cody, I'm not going to talk about it because Cody already did, but, um, it, this, the scene is made complete by, uh, Tick of the clock by the Chromatics, wonderful tune. If you're into trance or like uh, house music, even I highly recommend uh, that's that tune. And uh, true story, uh, six years ago I was in Los Angeles with my friend Natasha, and we actually drew, drew, we took a drive. I <laughs> took a drive. From our mo- the motel we were staying at in Hollywood, to uh, Hollywood Boulevard, and as we were driving, it was it was the, it was after sunset. I put on that uh, song, and uh, she had not seen the movie Drive, but I told her all about it, and I I hope she has rectified that since. But what happened was like we're driving like down L.A. Street. It's like with that song. And like, wow, like, that, so that was one of those cool, like, movie moments that I actually got to sort of live. Although the other, And Natasha and I were, like, eerily quiet. We just kind of, like, took in the atmosphere of what was around us. We didn't talk over the sound. Um, so that opens the movie. Then uh, you get a montage for the opening credits to uh, Kavinsky's Night Call, which kind of is the theme song of the character for the driver. It's the it's, it's the character theme of the
1: I'm movie. I'm giving you a night
0: call to tell you how I feel. How I feel. Oh, 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 oh. And yeah, no, that's There's another. There's
2: something inside you. It's hard, it's hard to, to explain. explain. They're talking <laughs> about you, boy, but you're still the same.
0: Yeah, no, it it's uh that so that so that's a great. Um, it's a great song for encapsulating like what the driver does for a living and how he is perceived by the people in his life. So then that's the second song. The third song that admittedly comes a little later is under your spell by desire, which is one of the greatest love songs I've ever heard personally in my entire life. It's such a deep, like raw, like, tune it, it but it's so the simple bass
3: is, the base the,
1: the base is pulsating yeah
0: no, it really is um the, the it, it's so simple like the the the, the lyrics and like the, the main part of the song are quite generic it's like i don't eat i don't sleep i do nothing but think of you you keep me under your spell that's literally all songs but then you have that little uh slam poetry thing in the middle of the
2: track where it's like hey do you know the difference between love and obsession no and what's the difference between obsession and desire? I don't know. And then so Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm happy that I'm happy that you said that, Evan, because a lot of people don't know that there is a bit of like uh almost like a poet a poem within the song because yeah. all they do is just go by listening to the song within the movie that doesn't feature that poem. No so it, it doesn't. It's good that you've, you, that you're uh, mentioning that. You've listened to the true song in its form, so yeah. I'm happy
0: for you. Yeah, no, I've actually... <laughs> um, believe it or not, um, that's actually the one song... See, folks, when we talk about movie soundtracks, sometimes the movie doesn't incorporate the song in a way that does the song justice because, honestly, the song Under Your Spell in the movie drive is incorporated as, like, a background track that's at the coming home party for Carrie Mulligan's husband, Standard, played by Oscar Isaac. So... It's a background song. You only really hear the intermes- instrumental song and possibly the one chorus lyric, uh, and that's it. You don't hear the song in its entirety. Listen to the soundtrack on its own; you won't be disappointed. But the the, the act, the real like love, the love theme of the movie. That's not the love theme. The official love theme that actually plays at two points in the film is uh, "A Real Hero" by College. Beautiful track. And I actually didn't know this, but um, uh, while the music, all the music feels very retro. Like people were speculating, was were, were all these songs like from the eighties? No, a lot of uh, the the filmmakers took contemporary trance and techno stuff and house stuff, and they made it sound like it was a retro film, and it makes it feel like it's a retro film too. So uh, the reason I brought that up is because. Um, the lyrical content bes- that was okay. So, uh, the lyrical content for a real hero was actually directly inspired by uh, Captain Sullenberger, who was famous for his heroic landing in 2009, where um, his uh, passenger aircraft was flo- taking off from the airport. It caught uh, a flock of geese in its engines. Both his engines are knocked out. He had to make an emergency landing on the Hudson River and the whole song a real hero is about that and the lyric that gives that away is um, 105 155 people and uh, because that's how many people were on the plane 155 passengers uh, so so why was that not used in Sully Beats me! <laughs> We're not talking about the soundtrack for that, because that movie, that was a biopic. It w- I feel like it would have been perfect, but it wouldn't I have fit the tone. I think it's of...
3: because Drive kind of, like, absorbed the popularity of that song. Yeah. So if you
0: play it on Sully, you're just gonna be like, oh, it's that song from Drive. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, most, <laughs> every time I play one of these songs for someone who has not heard the songs, they say, they, they every single song in that movie ha- kind of, ha- every single song in this movie kind of wears the label, oh, that song from Drive um yeah so the and the last song that i that i don't re, that i had to re-listen to is oh my love by riz Ortola, ortolani? ortolani riz ortolani is josh you're the music expert is that a cover of john lennon's oh my love or is it its own thing
2: uh it appears to be um an original thing because uh, riz wow. ortolani was an italian composer uh, and it features Catiana Ranieri, who was an Italian actress and singer. Yeah. It looks like it could be just an original thing they used. Well, it, it really works to fit. I believe that's, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the
0: song Oh My Love plays in the big scene where um, he is protecting uh, Carrie Mulligan in the elevator, and then the hitman is there, and he just stomps the guy's skull in. No, when it, Did this play at the strip club later on, or Cody's just shaking his head on the webcam that you can't see? No, no.
1: No, no, no. Uh, no, that uh, All My Love played when he masked up with the uh, the stunt driving uh, mask when he was, like, confronting the pizzeria.
2: Oh, right, yeah. I'm going to be one of those people and say I have not seen Drive in Full yet. I know, I know, that makes me a hypocrite. I only saw I it
3: once, like, ten years ago. But actually, so. to
2: add, a, add a, a
1: couple interesting a couple interesting things about the, the actual score by Cliff Merchant is, is that... uh. There's a lot of reprises, or uh, what's the word? Or did I just get it? Reprise. Reprise, yeah. Yeah, reprises throughout the soundtrack where where you'd actually listen to, like, say, a track from the score, like, uh, He Had a Good Time. Sounds very similar to another track, uh, Wrong Floor.
4: Yeah.
1: And and those are the type of tracks that have, like, this sort of, like, kind of, like, hypnotic, very dreamy-like atmosphere kind of synthesized to it. But then you get to like tracks like he uh, he broke his pelvis and uh... <laughs> I love that My tongue and
2: cheek they broke his pelvis. What is no. Look up the li- even I... four. Look up the track yeah, listings.
1: Kick kick, kick kick your teeth. Yeah, kick kick your teeth is also a uh, kick, kick your teeth and uh, they broke his pelvis. Or tracks that has like almost like an eerie dread sound to it where it's it gets very loud in terms of its synthesized because it feels very. Uh, Enticing almost yeah. during the intense parts in the film.
2: Yeah. But um, now, I really do want to hear Night Call because again, one of the co writers is Guy ah, Manuel de Omem Cristo. Cristo, yeah. aka one half of Daft Punk. Right, nice. <laughs>
0: cool.
2: And that explains a lot of the feel I get from the score, you know. I mean it is yeah. one of those stereotypical you put this soundtrack on when you're driving late at night and it's dark and wet outside and ah. it just puts you in that mindset. Yeah. it, it is. It's exactly oh. like that. I, I, I mentioned it before on the pop talk, but
1: this is a album that I've heard multiple times while I'm playing Grand Theft Auto on mute, uh, and it just yeah, that somehow that tone.
3: Yeah. Just everything.
0: So- I recommend it.
1: It's awesome. Just yeah.
0: everything soaked in neon, eh? Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, no, that's yeah. that's the Drive soundtrack. Not that great score by Cliff Mart—is it Mar- Martinez or Martinez? Yeah, Martinez. Cliff Martinez does a great score. The thing is, though, only five songs, but, man, did those five songs hit. And they, they, they stuck in my head for yeah. a very long time after I walked out of the theater. And that the soundtrack is actually the reason why I bought the movie on DVD, because I wanted to hear those songs again in, in their entirety. Also, one quick uh, little story. Do you remember how... I was, so I was telling you guys about how I played uh, Tick of the Clock for my friend Natasha while we were driving through L.A. streets. Well, um, I also played... Uh, Night Call by Kavinsky and be, I bought the I downloaded the EP that Night Call is on and the the uh, the only other track off uh, that so- off that EP is a song by Kavinsky called Pacific Coast Highway. That's a no- that wasn't in Drive, but it has a very sim- But the tune is kind of recycled from uh, Night Call, sl- only slightly. It's a it's its own song, but when I listened to when I I tried to play Pacific Coast Highway for Natasha the song is is about is a is a house track that's all about um, the police chasing after a car that turns into a ghost, and unfortunately, um, there are sirens and okay. the, there are sirens in the track. And my friend Natasha was one of those drivers I discovered then and there that if she is driving and a, and sirens are in a song, she won't get anxiety because she'll think the police are coming after her. <laughs> so, and I, I didn't know that, but apparently a lot of other people feel that way, too. Like, there are some people that, you know, they'll be listening to rap music and then they'll hear sirens in the track. It's like, okay, we gotta turn it off. Shit. Where the, where's, where's that coming from? Because, like, if you it, it's not that you're scared of being... Cr- caught by the cops for anything it's just that when dro- when you're driving and you hear sirens you instinctively know get pull the fuck over and get out of the way and let the emergency vehicles pass but when that's not there and it's in a song it can be disorienting and i can and i don't i personally as a driver don't have that uh effect but i can sympathize with those who do so that's my story uh cody i
2: got a few quick things to yeah, add yeah what's up So I feel like with Drive, it is a little bit ahead of its time in that the use of like Neo House, Italo Disco, New Disco a little bit, it did foreshadow some of the more recent uh, trends in pop music where, you know, like the latest Dua Lipa record, for example, had a lot of those same ideas. But the fact that when the BBC actually aired this in October of 2014, Zane Lowe actually produced a re soundtrack for it, and there was original music from uh, some acts like uh, Churches, Banks, Bastille, Eric Pryde, Subtract, Bring Me the Horizon, the 1975, and Laura Mavula. Nice,
0: that's awesome. So it would have been really
2: interesting to uh, track down, um, I guess, as find it on YouTube or find like the newer songs and see how they would fit with that. Cool.
0: Hmm. Anyway, so Cody, what have you got for us?
2: Hey, well, hey, if everybody enjoyed
1: listening to us talk about the soundtrack of Drive, why don't you hop on over and listen to the Drive pop talk over on the So To Speak channel? <laughs> <laughs> Enough <laughs> with my shameless promotion. Okay. Stop Stop in your show. <laughs> we'll allow it. We'll allow it.
2: Where's oh, the hello. lore now, this? Well, oh yeah,
1: the lore needs to end. There is no corner from the 80s. Okay. He's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My mouth just burnt up like yeah. kill rising. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, hello. My name... I'm actually Jukebox Cody for the night, because I'm going to sing most of these songs to compensate for the lack of facts that I did for my five albums tonight. Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah. So, what's so your So, here first we go. Pick?
1: My first uh, pick of the night is uh, the, the soundtrack for the 1986 film Stand By Me. Ah, I a coming cool. of age movie directed by Rod Reiner about four kids four adolescent teenagers that go for a hike on the railroad tracks to find a dead body it's an excellent coming of age movie one of my absolute favorite films of all time
4: yeah.
1: um, The soundtrack is a very interesting and I wouldn't say neglect it's very just a celebration of the time that the film takes place in in 1959. Yeah. Yeah. it's sort of like a gold record compilation greatest hits of the 1950s um, and there's a term that we learned in film school of what the difference between diegetic and non-diegetic music is in a film and this is a film where I, and I'll talk about this more with my last pick of the night but I'll save that till later where I'm actually not sure every time a needle drops in this movie I'm like huh is this taking place in the context of the film, or is this actually on the soundtrack? Because it's a bit of a mix of both sometimes. It's like, okay, it's coming from the radio from one of the kids, but at the same time, it fa- it sounds like it's actually coming from the film itself. It's mixed in kind of organically. And it kind of goes back and forth sometimes, and it just kind of makes me feel like I'm with these four kids on their track. So a few uh, a few uh, like favorite uh, Two favorite tracks of mine would be uh, Every Day by Buddy Holly. Uh, Every yeah. day it's getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Uh, Another one would be uh, Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis. That's, that's going to come up You up... shake my
0: nails and you rattle my brain. <laughs> do, 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 do. Sing it, Goose. Goodness hey. gracious, Great Balls of Fire. That's going to come up later. It's in my other pick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go! Wow, that's yeah. a good. That's a good.
1: Uh, yeah. That's a good tie-in, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, a few recommendations I would actually give to you guys, uh, Josh. I would listen to, come, uh, come, go with me by the uh, De- uh, the Dell Vikings.
2: Oh, oh, come go with me. Oh wait, no, that's not it at all. <laughs> it's when I that
1: down, 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 down,
0: That's where Sean Kingston got
2: the idea from for that one song. Oh.
0: Yahweh
2: to beautiful yeah, that's No, that's a, no, no, no. That's,
0: the,
1: that's, that's a different one Also on this soundtrack That's the different one, yes, yeah. I'll lead to that one um, <laughs> Lyle, because you like the kind of surfing rock kind of sound, I would yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. another the other track by the uh, Del Vikings, uh, Whispering Bells okay, has okay. a very fast guitar in it, and it sounds really rifty and cool and just like Huh, this is the 1950s. So oh, the you, gotta <laughs> 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 you gotta
2: get rifty! 60s, even. Get rifty. You gotta get rifty. Yeah, it's
1: time to get to da rifty. Da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you got. Show me what you got. And Evan. And Evan, and Evan, and Evan because you like poppy stuff, I've listened to the classic Lollipop by the Cardinettes. Nice. I can't make the sound.
2: Hey, hey, we're all forgetting the show the song that gave us an animated TV show of the same name. Yakadi Yak Don't look back. back. Don't don't talk back.
1: Take out the papers and the the trash.
4: Or you won't get no spending cash.
2: Yes, um, yes, I haven't have, watched yeah. Stand by Me in a few months, but I think sequencing-wise, they ended with, of course, the title track, the one everybody knows, especially with with Marnie's family. Especially, they really do enjoy Stand by Me. Oh, yeah. oh the, song. That,
1: the song that the song Stand by Me, by, by Benny King, is a classic, yeah. amazing love song, beautiful, timeless lyrics. Uh, I was actually saying so. <laughs> the way I kind of organize my picks tonight is I have a pick for each and every one of you, but then I have one song for all of you guys to listen to is like a big celebration. And of course it has to be the title track. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's funny that the actual book that this movie is based on written by Stephen King, it's actually called the body, which I'm happy that they changed. Cause that sounds like yeah. a horror film. <laughs>
2: so the song. Stephen King was writing horror. Stop the presses. Stephen King writing horror. Stop the presses. I've body. never heard of that. I hope you don't let it hit
0: the floor or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, uh, Cody, it's funny you mention that because uh, another Stephen King uh, story had its title changed for its film adaptation. Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption Here became became the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> so, be, the reason uh, the reason they did that was because they didn't want to confuse uh, the movie with a Rita Hayworth biopic. Still, a bunch of actresses tried to audition for the non-existent role of Rita Hayworth in that movie what you want to be a poster go nuts yeah
3: <laughs> okay anyways any any, uh, any other thoughts you have on the uh the album cody
1: actually no you guys feel free to take it if you guys have anything else to say i i said it all actually <laughs> the, fir- the first time
0: i ever heard the song stand by me by benny king was in uh, grade one music class where uh, uh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. josh you remember because you were there too uh, yeah, no. Uh, we went to uh, one of the portables uh, at our
2: old school. Which fun fact? There is still a portable on that very schoolyard. Yeah,
0: no. They they took them well, away. It was it wasn't, and then it was
2: again. Yeah, no. For for many years, there our school at
0: portables. They took them all away, and now there's one to that stands there to this day. It's really weird. But we, no, we went to the portable uh, for music class, and that song was actually, that song, you know, captured my imagination. And at this point in my life, it's I- It's all
2: about that percussion, that
0: yeah. ch-doo, Yeah, but every time uh, um, Mrs. Hill would play that song, it was like, wow, I gotta hear, I, I, that's one of the reasons why I actually looked forward to music class back then, because it was like, yeah, no, that's a cool song. I had not seen, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't see Stand By Me for many years later until I was in high school, but, um, and, uh, yeah, no, great song. And I love, I, I, re- I watched Stand By Me last summer, uh, for, I think the third, or, the second or third time I've seen it in my life. And it really does incorporate, like, the 50s songs, uh, as, like, the sign of the time it was in. So, um, that's uh yeah. that's that I think's a really good pick, Cody, thank you. I liked uh I think sta uh, what, uh, what what yeah, sorry. Sorry, uh
3: sorry. It was one of the earliest songs I ever learned on bass guitar too. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah that that bass line's iconic. Yeah. I felt like a star playing it in a jazz For band sure. yeah. in my school. <laughs> it's like everyone else had to learn the song, but I already uh, knew one, how to play it. Yeah. What is it, Cody?
1: <laughs> one quick, one one quick thing before we move on to the next round. Uh, the first time that I actually heard "Stand By Me," the song, wasn't through the Benny King song. It was actually it's funny. It was on the the VHS previews for this like really silly Disney movie that I watched back as a kid, oh, The Big Green, it's like a soccer. Oh silly yeah. yeah! Wow. Um, and, and there was a, there was a, uh, Timon and Pumbaa short, where it was Timon singing all, uh, just singing the whole song, Stand By Me, and every time he, he said the, he, he, like, you know, word, uh, what's the word, uh, when he, like, name-drop the song, when he says, stand, when he sings Stand By Me, something bad happens to Pumbaa in all the slapstick fashion. Uh. He gets struck by, gets struck by lightning, gets run over by a truck. Like, just a bunch of shit. Wow. I, I highly I recommend Trump you guys looking to
0: that. Frickin' poachers <laughs> in Africa, man. Get rid of them.
1: <laughs>
0: Wait a minute, I thought that
2: was the plot of Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> and the rescue rescuers down under, and... Tell them um, blockier. Poaching bad. Yeah. Stand by me, good.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Exactly.
2: Yeah, I yeah, know. St- stand by me.
1: Re- a representation of celebration of the 1950s. Rock
0: and roll. Okay, absolutely. One of the best give, of us. Do it Lyle, we're back to you. All right,
3: well, since we're doing coming-of-age stories, I thought it would be nice to give a little slight detour to it. A, a movie I probably could have even covered in the underrated uh, episode we did not too long ago, and that is Submarine, directed by, and I sometimes get this guy's name wrong, Richard Iowade. Ayoadi? Ayoadi, I believe. Richard Ayoadi. And, uh, yeah, it's oh. it's a nice little indie film from Wales. It's a, uh, it's a love, it's like a child, it's like a high school love story kind of thing, but it's, it, the presentation is like near Paddington levels. Like, I, the way, the, the amount of inventiveness behind the camera is pretty, makes it a fun watch. But what's really interesting is the soundtrack, which was, uh, entirely done by, Front man of the arctic monkeys alex turner and uh it's uh yeah it's just a nice little ep there's a lot of nice soft acoustic pieces with a little bit of like a little bit of uh acoustic. sorry it's a nice little acoustic uh ep there's a few i i even have a few of these songs on my phone because i always like listening to it uh late at night it's like there's hiding tonight which is a really nice soft song and stuck on a puzzle, which is a nice song that would fit right in with an Arctic Monkeys uh, album. In fact, uh, the last song of the album, Driver Waltz," was also like later remastered and put into uh, their album "Suck It and See," which is a cheeky name for an album, but that's them. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's very. I, I wouldn't say it's melancholy. It's more, uh, it's a it's an album that really touches on longingness. Because the main character is very much in his own head. His parents are getting divorced. He's in love with he's, he's madly in love with a girl who doesn't really always reciprocate the way he expects it her to. So it, it's something that the album really captures nicely. And uh, I'm not sure if any have any of you uh, seen or heard of Submarine. I'm just curious. I've I wanted wanted I
1: actually
2: want to check it out
1: now. I want to check it out too. Yeah, I'm, this is in the watch list,
2: just buried in there. <laughs> I was in a. Cop's... I've heard of Richard Awade as an actor because I mean I've seen a bit of the uh, the IT crowd, and even though his character is a little bit of a stereotype on there, yeah, um, it does really show that like clearly. If has he done any filmmaking since then? He made one film with Jesse Eisenberg, uh,
3: not too too long ago. It was called The Double.
2: Okay. Came out. In I 20- think I've heard of The Double. Yeah, but. One of the things that really intrigues me about this this uh, soundtrack is the fact that Owen Pallett did the string arrangement, and I've loved his work for quite some time. So I would be very curious to hear what he does on this.
3: No, it's it's nice. It's a very nice sounding album, and it's it's a lean nineteen minutes too. It's a perfect length for an EP. Um, In fact, I remember I was at a Cops record shop, and it was on like full display, like you know, when they have those like recommend kind of albums. Shout out to Cops. Yeah, shout out to Cops, and, uh, yeah, it was just... Sorry, shout out to Cops Records. Cops Records, yeah, let's not, let's not step on his <laughs> toes right now. Um, yeah, it was just, I, I was I, I was buying, um, a Buzzcocks album on vinyl, and I just saw the Submarine album right next to me while I was cashing it out. I'm like, oh, nice, people, I'm not the only one who appreciates this album. I think, Cody, you once told me that, um, as soon as I reviewed the movie on Letterboxd, you were like, oh, yeah, I saw that on Spotify the other day. That was a few years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did listen. I, I list, it's funny. I listened to that album years ago, and I have no recollection of ever even listening to it. So if I watch the movie and the songs pop, I'll probably listen to the whole album on its own. But again, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I just need to watch the movie. It's kind of like, um, I remember when I did the same thing with uh, the, that movie Once, where I listened to the soundtrack before watching the film, kind of forgot about it, saw the movie, and I absolutely loved it, but when I went back to listen to the album again, it was like, I was listening to it for the first time, but I was understanding a bit of the context, and what the meaning behind it was, so it might be doing the same thing for me this time. Oh,
3: you'll absolutely get that experience when you uh, watch Submarine, the music really ties in nicely with the main conflict with the character, um... But yeah absolutely thing, I, yeah. I, I i highly recommend submarine um i think i think cody and josh you would really get a kick out of it uh as as well as you evan i'm not singling okay. you out yeah cool <laughs> i think but yeah no highly highly nice a very, very nice indie movie i almost think like yeah. it belongs on the criterion collection or something cool because it's very masterly helmed. i'll
0: have to check it out
3: it,
0: be- it belongs
3: in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it does.
2: Nice. Not of, uh, not as what is nautical stuff, something
3: like that. Oh yeah, submarines.
2: <laughs> nice. This
3: it's zero out of ten. There's not a single submarine in this movie. Nice. Uh, I'm
2: gonna kick myself because I wanted to shout out is the it, Is store, it yellow? I could not finish the one word. Is it yellow?
3: Oh, is it yellow? I I see what you did there. Oh uh, no, it's not.
4: <laughs>
3: uh... <laughs> okay. Josh, what's your next? No, pick? it's sandwich. Mmm, sandwiches. All right, so, Coming next on So To milk. Speak.
2: Mmm, <laughs> food. Uh, man, I just had dinner not long ago. Um, Same. So, in the last album's episode proper, I did not include anything from any Japanese bands, but I'm about to make up for that with some of my picks tonight. So, we're gonna put ourselves in the mindset of, it's after school, you've had a long day having to study or do a test or whatever, take notes. And you want to just kick back and let out some steam at your local arcade. And sometimes the best way to let out some steam is to hear some badass euro house and trance and all kinds of other genres and make some arrows disappear with your feet. I'm talking about Dance Dance Revolution, specifically uh, my favorite iteration of Dance Dance Revolution, which is DDR Max 2 or Dance Dance Revolution 7th makes its own in Japan. And both the arcade and home port soundtracks which depending on which region you're talking about releasing either uh summer 2002 in japan or i believe summer 2003 in north america that's a long title <laughs> Fall 2002 it's that's the thing with a lot of these uh, games that released in japan first and north america second but ddr has always been about what are some of the most badass feats you can tap your feet to and some of these get really ridiculous in terms of the BPM but this is the first instance of that you'll see on our list of video game soundtracks where it's a combination of stuff that's done in-house by uh, Bemani which is basically the Konami team that is specifically focused on making rhythm games as it's short for uh, Beatmania which is another great rhythm game series from Konami that people should definitely look up some videos of if they want to get a handle on how that goes but DDR Max 2 was when I gave way into the series when I was, I believe, 11 or 12, and depending on which version of the franchise you're looking at, there is a lot of ridiculous, awesome choices. You've got a remix of a, you've got actually a cover of The Doobie Brothers Long Train Running" by Bus Stop, you've got uh, The Whistle Song by DJ Alligator Project, which... I always loved it as a kid even though yes there is that whistle that is used repeatedly and if you find that stuff annoying that you may not like that but there was just a huge bunch of other ones. there's a cover of let's groove by earth wind and fire oh, nice. that is that i really enjoy that one and it's got a dance beat to it i love a lot of the konami original tracks that are in here there's a There's Dive. there's Breakdown by B4U, which is a bop, and once you listen to it, that chorus will be stuck in your head for days. Uh, there's Sugaru, which uses a little bit of a Koto sample, which is a traditional Japanese instrument, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, there is a Secret Rendezvous. There's Kind Lady. Um, there's The Reflex by Duran Duran. Cool. Ooh. Nice. The Reflex different tracks depending on what region you're in and i can't possibly list them all here but definitely look up some videos on youtube and take a look at various parts around yeah tips and tricks versus wisdom does a fantastic let's groove cover i love that one um the rc extended club mix of twilight zone by two unlimited which mm. kind of sounded to me at first like it, it was either the mortal kombat theme or that that ripped it off because it sounds like a the Mortal Kombat, part, the... hey, it sounds like that part of the Mortal Kombat theme. Um, Witch Doctor by Cartoons, which I heard it as a ten-year-old like, kid and loved, and it was like, there was like there's a mix of that in here. There are so many, and it's very easy to find copies of that of DDR Max Two online. I highly recommend if you're gonna get into the DDR series, start with the PS2 era and then either go back or forwards, because it's still going today, but there are so many great choices. And as you go through the game, you can unlock more. And especially with the home ports, they do give you a lot of what the arcade version had to offer, plus like bonus courses where you play through different songs all in a row. There's like an exercise mode that, you know, you get motivated to burn calories by playing the really ridiculous songs, which some of these BPM wise can get upwards of like 200 something plus. Oh, wow. So it gets quite ridiculous. And I, w- I would recommend that you guys, if you're wanting to get into sort of what Japan had to offer in terms of some of the mo- the, mo- the in house tracks, especially, because there were some really talented composers over there for Bamani. And I also really, really cannot say enough good things about just rhythm games as a whole. As if you heard our Guitar Hero and Rock Band podcast, you probably found that out.
3: Mm <laughs> hmm. I gotta be honest, I never was able to play DDR.
0: Not many of my friends had it, and B, I just never was good at it. There was an arcade... Okay, so when I was growing up, there was actually a gym that... There was actually a gym for kids that was part gym, part arcade, where there's actually really uh, cool innovation. They modified... They retrofitted some video games where, like, if you wanted to play the game, you had to work out first. So, let me... They um, set up one of those uh, bicycle machines for cardio to uh, the video game MX vs. ATV Unleashed. And uh, Dance Dance Revolution was another one of those exercise games. Now, Josh, uh, whenever we go to the movie theater... You hear Dance Dance Revolution in the background of the noises in like the front stand in the concession stand or any given cinemaplex because there's an arcade and like there's this one techno loop that you'll be hear looped all the time. That's uh, the demo for DDR that I don't see a lot of people play, quite honestly. But um,
2: which you... memory serves that might actually be one of these sort of a uh, rhythm the DDR esque games, something like In the Groove or. Yeah. Some, something along those lines. Which, which version had uh, Move Your Feet by Junior Senior? Oh that is the North American version of Dance Dance Revolution Extreme which ah. is technically to the next game in the series which as an aside the North American uh, version of that had some good licenses on there okay. and uh yeah Move Your Feet's a bop anyways but yeah. DDR Max 2 for me is the pinnacle of making arrows disappear I probably was never able to play on Heavy, but I was, uh, or Extreme, no it was, I think it went Beginner, Light, Standard, Heavy. I could usually do Standard pretty well, but the one tricky thing with this, although you, anyone watching YouTube videos of DDR knows this, go to an arcade and watch some of the really good players on Double on Heavy, and their feet are, uh, their feet are a blur going back and forth, because Double's where you have all the arrows for two pads going at the same time. It gets really crazy. Yeah. God damn Just so you know...
1: Yeah, I can never do those games either. I...
0: I cannot play DDR for shit. Even on the the easiest difficulty, I just suck at it. And apparently, uh, if you've seen Russell Peters' comedy routine, Red, White, and Brown, he sucks at it too.
2: I do want to play it again, just I'm in a position where I can't right now because anything to do with feet stomping is obvious in in a place like mine but I've got my mats at home so I hope to when the time is right start that up again oh the joy
0: of apartment living yeah Yeah. I've been there you can
2: actually play with a controller and you can use either the face buttons and the d-pad or a combination of both on a PS2 or if you emulate it on PS through your computer, you can play it with that. So you don't need a map, but it's not the same without one. Yeah, Josh, no. in the words of Homer Simpson, boring. It kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> can you bit. put a boring? It's an, no, I'm saying be, for for apartment living, that's one way to you know get yourself into the music. Yeah. Oh, how could I forget about spin the disc? Oh my god.
3: Oh, how could you forget yeah. spin the disc? You all, every,
2: all three of you need to listen to spin the disc. That's a uh, freaking badass song and it's got that uh point at the end where it goes it's it's a really funky song yeah. and then while a lot of these are a lot of these songs are under two minutes it's yeah. it just it, it gets you hooked and you want to keep going back or at least the edits in the game
0: yeah okay so uh good pick josh um yeah yeah as for my expect- um, I'm looking at the movies on my uh, the movie soundtracks on my list and I'm at each in the order in which I selected my list this wasn't intentional I didn't rea- realize this do now I go progressive a few years back in time for each selection so drive came out in 2011 my next soundtrack is for a movie an, a criminally underrated movie might I add that came out in 2009 um, Watchmen is a comic book movie mm. set in nineteen eighty five, but all the songs are from either the fifties, sixties, or seventies.
2: What now sum a... it up in five seconds?
0: Yeah. Yeah, explain the
3: entire plot to us. Okay? Ugh. Just <laughs> you know what? No. Go now I'm gonna you do it. I'm, I'm gonna about do about it. another
0: shameless plug. If you wanna see me recap the plot of Watchmen, or the abridged oh. plot of Watchmen, go watch our DC episode because I kind of oh, got short on wow. the that story. That's going um, bad. <laughs> A comedian dies in New York, shit ensues, the end. Oh, like Joker.
2: Yeah. I feel like you did this free, so to speak, too. I can't help but yeah. feel like you've done this before. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So, what do you like about the soundtrack? What do I like about the soundtrack? Well, the soundtrack on its own. In addition to being, like, a collection of songs that are, you know, masterpieces in the history of music, and they come from all genres, uh, specifically, like, the, uh, uh, soul genres and the rock genre, but, um, I'm just gonna start it up here. Um... I will say this, though. Um, the only song that was made, like, for the movie was a cover of Bob Dylan's Desolation Row by the now disbanded My Chemical Romance. Aww, um too soon. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, a good cover, though. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a good It's cover. a good song. That song plays in the cover, but the reason why I like the... Wa- I figured if I'm going to pick a comic book movie uh, with an awesome soundtrack, there's only, like, three takers. There's, uh... Watchmen or the Guardians of the Galaxy films. The Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone's talked about them enough. We all know it's it's an awesome collection of songs. But Watchmen, I feel, hits closer to home and does a little more justice to its music because the songs are played in the movie almost to the point where you feel like the musicians singing the songs are almost characters in the movie itself. I, I, I if that sound if that makes any sense. And I'll get I'll explain that to you. So uh, when the movie begins. The opening scene is uh, serenaded by Nat King Cole's "Unforgettable," and then you go from that to a, a an alternate history montage to the tune of "The Times They Are a Changing" by Bob Dylan, and I got and i knew i thought my dad would really like this movie when so i watched it the first time i watched it i said dad you have to see Watchmen." i put it on for him and then he almost like has to step away because he said oh man this soundtrack's too nostalgic like i can't take it the reason why is because the vast majority of the songs in this (laughs) movie are stuff is stuff that he listened to when he was a teenager like bob dylan's the times they are changing um there was also uh Comedian's funeral is played by is uh, set to the tune Garfield. of si- Simon, Simon and Simon Garfunkel. Garfunkel. Simon, Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> the sound of silence. Um, there's oh, there's a, what 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 are the cheesy? Which is
1: from which is from which movie?
0: The Graduate. I will never say it's from Washburn. Good call. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna pull up the tracklist. This- yeah, no, that um, but yeah, no. So that song was um uh that it was done really well um this the whole the whole uh, collection of songs fits the movie really well another uh track that uh, isn't on the sound wasn't included on the soundtrack that you can buy was uh 99 loft uh that plays when uh Dan Dryberg and Laurie meet after what had to have been like like 10 to five, 5 to 10 years of... That song up. always felt
3: out of place. It really seen. did.
0: It is there. It's too scary. The reason why that song made the cut of the movie is because that song is about easing East and West tensions in the Cold War. Yeah, but and, they're just having dinner. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> I know, but I thought it was going to turn into like a kinky, you well, know... Well, it pol- didn't feel like a tense yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah, every date feels like that, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so oh and uh some background songs uh admittedly uh me and bobby mcgee is in the background there i I love that one yeah well in the in its in its respective scene you can barely hear it but you do know the song is there it's the scene where um comedian and and dr manhattan are in that uh dive bar in vietnam and he shoots uh the woman he got pregnant and dr manhattan's just like whoa okay Mm. uh Yeah, so there's also uh, You're My Thrill, which is another background tune. It plays... That's a kinky scene. Oh, yeah, I (laughs) know. God, John, stop! What are you doing?
2: Are you working in here while we're in bed together? (laughs) This project is far too important, Laurie. My intention is... Post-pandemic life, am I right? Oh,
0: God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and so uh, there's also... (gasps) um, Oh, and let's not forget uh, Prophecies by Philip Glass... Set to Doctor Manhattan's entire backstory.
2: Holy
0: fuck! That was a beautiful season. I just let
2: other people know about Philip Glass. Yeah. Um, and then side note: Einstein on the beach. Listen to me play three. Yeah, you will either think I'm I'm crazy or right. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I also, uh, Philip Glass was one
1: of the composers for the Truman Show as well.
2: Oh right, yeah. I think also, that
1: explains a lot. Actually, <laughs> He
0: also did the theme for Candyman as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then uh, there's also uh one of the most uh, amazing uses of the song "Hallelujah" I've ever seen on film. <laughs> uh, Le- the Leonard, no. the original Leonard Cohen version, not the Rufus Wainwright version. You know, I respect the man, but I don't want to hear his voice during a sex scene. No, no, you don't want to hear his grovelly. No, I heard there was a sacred call. No, David. No, okay, no,
3: man, that's just me. Man, I'm just, man, I'm just the geek in the room.
2: Now, f- no, fair enough. I don't kink shame. It's not now, your thing. It, it, There's What's a time right? and a place for like deep like meaningful singer
0: songwriter. Yeah. And that yeah. isn't so much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh and uh one of the best use one of the best used songs in the movie is uh Jimi Hendrix experiences yes. all along the watchtower. And the reason for that is because if you actually read the Watchman graphic novel in the the comic panel where Rorschach and Night Owl are walking towards Karnak in through the Antarctic uh like the Antarctic plane the, there's a caption, Two Riders Were Approaching, which is a lyric from the song All Along the Watchtower. Ah, it really gets ah, you ah, He not, said it, he said it. Not only that, but yeah know I just thought that was a nice little plug in and the song surprisingly fits the scene really well. There's a ton of Bob Dylan in this movie. No, the only opening sequence There are the, three No, there are three Bob Dylan songs. There's uh Times the Air the time Changing, All Along well. the, the Watchtower, and Desolation Row. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Which is an excellent opening scene, by the way. All times oh, yeah. they are changing. Yeah. One of the best I've
0: ever seen. Uh, the, one other th- song. Oh, there's all. It's uh, probably my favorite
1: track from that movie. Whoa, oh yeah, yeah?
0: nice. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. There's also um uh some a song I forgot to mention. Uh, you want to talk about uh, orchestral compositions? Um, Va- uh, Wagner's Ride the Valkyries. As made famous for that other Vietnam movie, Apocalypse Now, um, plays during uh, the alternate reality of Vietnam where America is just kicking ass thanks to uh, the Big Blue Man. The big Blue Dick Man. He didn't have his dong out in that scene. He's just he's in a he black could, speedo he, and he could have. Well, he for most <laughs> well, of the he movie
2: still had some blue dick energy. What <laughs> the guy guys,
0: are... guys, are we twelve? He's
2: literally energy
0: though. So no, he literally big. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blue dick energy, and, like that. And, oh, and we're back better. to the dick jokes. Testicular tachyon, <laughs> Not again! <laughs> what have I done? You bring out the worst in us. What have
2: you done? <laughs>
0: like, I, okay, I quote, when we were doing our little, like, uh... Animation. When we were doing our post-mortem uh, notes uh, on the, uh, the underrated movies episode... And we officially like dubbed it the Dick episode. <laughs> Everyone was blaming me because I picked the movie picked dick, dick, and then I and then I just said I responded with a quote from Morpheus: "I I can only show you the door. You're the one who has to walk through it." Which means essentially, I'm the guy who's talking about this. Your guys are the one making the jokes, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all in good fun. It's, I, know, it I Did know. Anyone else
2: notice the sort of Usagi version of "Everybody Wants to Rule the World"?
3: I noticed that too. Yeah. What scene is that in? It's during the Ozymandias, Ozymandias scene where he's just talking to the like, the board directors, right? And yeah. then the assassin
0: comes in and starts
3: shooting them all. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a Tears for Fears. I, okay,
0: another song that's last on the list is uh, "Pirate Jenny" by Nina Simone. I don't remember which scene that plays in. Uh, if anyone kind of because I've seen Watchmen quite a bit, um,
3: yeah, I'm trying to think like what other songs really stuck out, uh, but I'm drawing a blank. So, I think we so Alan
2: Moore cited that song as one of the inspirations for the Black Friday material in uh, Watchmen. okay, oh cool, Pirate Jenny, nice,
3: which wasn't really featured in the uh, the movie unless you got the ultimate cut
2: right no, more so the TV more so the TV series
0: yeah yeah oh yeah Which I haven't watched yet I still need to watch I probably could watch it because I have Crave so mm, okay.
2: we'll see yeah I'd watch it with you
0: nice okay
2: so that's Watchmen. as an aside I I, I, I do remember I, I, reading the graphic novel in high school of Watchmen I think after the film had come out because I think by that point I had seen most of the film and I, I, I gotta agree with Evan that they this the, the soundtrack fits the the movie to a T
0: yeah like I, but I've never I, I was thinking like it almost feels like the the artists who played these songs are, are almost feel like characters in the movie like adding to the story in their own respective way and and what's incredible is all these songs were like written way before the movie even the even or even movie, the book even, the book or even the movie came out but, it, but the reason why well my, to, to something my dad said, he said that there's a nostalgic feel to it, and he's completely right, because the whole movie is about nostalgia, because there are these superheroes who, their glory, their heydays were in the 40s, uh, and 50s, 60s, and 70s, Late 70s yeah. with the Minutemen and then the Watchmen rebranded, and that the, in the 80s, uh, the re-elected Nixon forces them all underground with that whole keen act. Gee, superheroes Wait, wait a minute. Superheroes being made illegal. Where have I seen this before? Where have I seen that before? Hey, p- hey, Brad Bird. Alan Moore called. He wants his <laughs>
3: idea back. He said it. Yeah. Hey, Cody, I have a question. So there's Cody from the 90s and Corey from the 80s. Are there, like, other versions of you throughout the decades? Into the Cody-verse. Is there a Caraway of no. the 20s? <laughs> a Cole of the 60s? Yeah. Sure. A Kramer yeah. of the 70s? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a Cal from the 50s? Yeah. A Calvin. A Calvin from the 50s? Okay. Uh, that's yeah. your... that. Okay, so... Enough lore. Yeah, I no, Enough, enough lore. lore. Well, that's... A, yeah, so... Enough with... So, moving on. Come,
3: back to you,
0: Cody. Go back what, to what you, Cody. What is your
3: next uh, yeah. pick of the night?
0: Dear
1: David, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Oh, electric so? word life, electric word life. That's a mighty long time, but I'm here to tell you, there's something else. Purple rain, purple rain. Mm. Wow, look at that. I have the I have the power to jump from first track to last track on a dime. Yay.
3: Very impressive. Yes, we got
1: Prince and the Revol Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain. Classic fucking album from 1984. So what's funny is, I heard this album long before I saw the movie. Like, I'm talking five or six years later, I actually sat down and watched the film. Because anywhere I went, people always told me that the film is not that good, and the soundtrack is way better. So I listened to the soundtrack quite a bit when I first heard it. Saw the movie when I was stuck in quarantine, so it was a perfect opportunity just to pop it on. And yeah, it's not that good of a film. Uh, Have you guys ever seen Charlie Chaplin's The Kid? No. No. Well, it's that, but not done well. It's a retelling of that, but not done well. The Prince and the lead girl have like zero chemistry, but obviously the highlight is all the music. The songs are the highlight in the film. So with the album, It's just a very fun pop rock song. Pop rock album, sorry. And uh, it's filled with classic hits. You guys probably already know all these, so I'm just going to name a few recommendations based on the taste that you guys have let me know from the other episodes. Um, I just thought Josh would get into Computer Blue. Hmm. So it's a catchy, funky kind of back-and-forth song. Um, Evan, uh, Darling Nikki is, is oh, kind man. of a nice song. And this is a story of Nikki. She, she could say she's a raunchy. sex queen. I met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating to a magazine.
2: Well then, you know, as you do in the eighties. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> didn't the Foo Fighters cover Darling Nikki? They Boys? did. In two thousand three, they covered it. Oh no, it was a B side <laughs> on the Have It All single. I didn't have no Nice. Oh, and even, they even performed at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards with uh, that CeeLo Green guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Wow. Uh, and Lyle, uh,
1: come join my world with some long songs and listen to the last titled self-titled track, Purple Rain. Okay, An yeah. awesome song.
3: I'll give it a try. And actually, not really that. I, I don't know that much gu- about it. Amazing points. guitar. Oh, nice. I can't say I've listened to Prince very much. People compare him a lot to Michael Jackson. I People mean,
1: compare him a lot to Michael Jackson, but I can hear the differences. Yeah,
2: yeah. They kinda came up at around the same time, but Prince has always had always prided himself on being a really good multi instrumentalist. I mean, his first two records, Dirty Mind especially, if you're more looking to get into Prince like outside of like Purple Rain and stuff like that, listen to Dirty Mind first and then move up to like nineteen ninety nine, this stuff like the sign of the times the batman soundtrack things like that Mm -hmm. but this is like seen as the apex of his musical and sonic prowess
3: well in ready player 2 well I'm surprised that you
1: fellows over there at the android dungeon haven't made a jay and silent bob joke yet I'm impressed
3: (laughs) we're holding ourselves in it's funny and uh, I read ready player 2 not too long ago and there's an entire section of the book where wade and his friends have to fight like seven versions of prince and the absolute strongest one is the purple rain one.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Why? Are they, why are they fighting? When was queens?
2: that written? That feels like it was only written in the last few years. It was
3: written last year, Josh. So
0: this was written
3: after Prince's oh. death. Yeah. So if yeah, actually, that yeah. that
2: checks out. Unfortunately.
3: Yeah. But maybe maybe when yeah. Evans the, done we'll Ready the, Player Two, we'll talk about it. the
1: The biggest the biggest hit off of the album is, of course, when Dubs cry.
2: I oh, am yeah. yes. Doo doo do, doo doo. very do, do 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 Or as as, as it's the end of Millhouse. Ha!
0: Ah. <laughs> but Millhouse is my name. <laughs>
1: it's funny. I know that there. Uh, this is a random uh, little little thing, but uh, I know that there's a Beverly Hills Cop four in the works that what? Edward, really? Who's going to come back and reprise his role as uh, Axel Foley. Oh. If the, if. <laughs> The marketing for this movie, if it ever comes out, if it totally wants to manipulate me and get me to see this movie, all you need to do is play When Dubs Cry. For some um, reason, I want mean, to listen to that be... song. I just I just picture Axel Foley. I don't know why. That song never played in the original Beverly Hills Cop movies, but every time I hear that song, I just picture Axel Foley. I don't know why. Interesting. Kind it's going to be a I very like,
2: cinematic, dark version of When Dubs Cry as trailer bait. Yeah, it's gotta be yeah. a piano.
3: It's gotta start with a piano and then it's gotta build up to like the heavy. Just make it heavier. Yeah, yeah. totally.
1: No, I'd say you guys, uh, I mean, literally right away, like if you play the album, Let's Go Crazy is just like that fun kicking like, start to an album and it bleeds really nicely into the next track, uh, Take Me With You. Mm-hmm. That, I think my favorite parts of the album is, well,. I'd say my favorite parts are definitely those two tracks, like, back-to-back, but Purple Rain is, like, an acquired taste, the last track I'm talking about, where it's just this powerful ballad anthem that he just goes off on. It's it's one of those, like, perfectly structured albums where it starts off with, like, a good KO punch, and then it ends off with something more melodic and personal, and yes. it's it's it's
2: just a classic. Can't say no, no, no much about it. <laughs> As an aside, did anyone watch the twenty seventeen Grammys where Bruno Mars and his band did a Prince tribute where they did "Let's Go Crazy"? Uh, I no, I didn't actually. No. I actually remember it was pretty good. I mean, I mean, obviously Bruno Mars doesn't quite have the guitar chops that Prince did, but I'd say it was certainly admirable.
1: I know that in the second Kingsman movie, it's not that great. It's not. It's it really falls short compared to the first one. The second one they tried to recapture the magic of that amazing scene in the first movie where they were playing uh, Freebird by Leonard Skinner in the church and it just goes balls out crazy in this great (laughs) shootout they try to do the exact same thing in the second movie with Let's Go Crazy on the soundtrack and I'm like, no you did it once, that was lightning in a bottle
2: that sounds gross as an aside (laughs) with like Freebird I just remember there was a, that like movie for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where there's like the alternate scene where they actually filmed the, the band and Titus doing all of Freebird for the entire nine and a half or ten minutes that it goes for. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's very over the top. But uh, and Purple Rain as a film was trying to have Prince basically be this like badass rebel. But I, 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 I argue that his music did that way better than any of his film his filmography ever yeah. did. Oh, way better. Yeah. He's more talented. He's,
1: you know, rest in peace, Prince. Your, it, it, your music will stand the test of time.
0: Good. I hope it does. I still need to see Purple Rain, so uh, I'm going to add that to my watch list on Letterbox right now. Plug.
4: <laughs>
0: Evan has a Letterboxd. Yeah, I know, I'm loving this app.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> What's, what's crazy is that there was like two different configurations of the record where like the first one from late 83 had the track Wednesday on there and then by spring of 84 it was not in there. It's sort of like a precursor to how that uh, how Kanye would like update albums it seemed like by the week. Like how The Life of Pablo had one track list when it came out and then stuff was being changed and cut at, after, well after the fact. It's kind of an interesting uh, precursor to that. Cool.
0: Okay, so I guess it's back to you, Lyle. All right. So, Cody,
3: you picked an album from 1984, as did I. Yes. And the pick I have for this upcoming one was one I also I've talked about a few times, especially in our underrated movies sound uh episode, and that is Repo Man music from the original motion picture. Uh... My god yeah. I'm the punk I, I am the designated I'm punk guy i getting deja vu of, I know I am the designated punk guy Of this group And I can say Hands down This is probably the greatest Punk soundtrack ever assembled It is a uh, Oh It is a nice Little snapshot Of what the early 1980s LA scene And the de- Like the development Of hardcore punk This is exactly What this movie captures we have really young bands at the time, like Black Flag and Suicidal Tendencies, and like Circle Jerks, even Fear. Like all these bands were starting out, and this movie really catapulted their uh, music up there. In fact, Circle Jerks even appears in the movie. They're in like this ball, this ballroom bar, and they're just singing. <laughs> when the shit hits the fan, and this lead singer is going, "Should we do wop what, what? Say what? Yeah." And an even more fun fact, the guy, Xander uh, Schloss, who, who was originally a PA for the movie, then actor, uh, playing Kevin the, the Nerd, then like the band liked him. He's like, hey, do you play music? And he's like, yeah, I'm a bassist. He's like, come join our band, our bassist just quit. And then for the rest of their uh, run, Xander Schloss became the bass player of Circle Jerks, which is insane. Um, right place, right time, right, right shit hitting the fan. Right shit hitting the fan, that's right. We all got a duck.
2: There's also this... Oh, weird... You could say we're having a TV party tonight.
3: Yeah. Um, so, all right! Yeah, we got nothing better to do. That's funny, because, like, Emilio Estevez in one scene after, like, everything kind of goes wrong in his life, he's just sitting in a barren, like, area of L.A. He just has a six-pack with him. He's just mumbling that song to himself. He just smashes the beers like... Saturday Night Live! Monday Night Football! Chaps! Dallas! And he just runs out of the scene. And like I, I, I bet most people, if you don't know the song, you might not get why he's doing that, but that's why he's doing that. There's also Institutionalized, which is like, one of the best songs of its genre, oh, like
2: yeah. early. only hey, one hey, was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi. And, and wouldn't she wouldn't give, it, would to give it, it, it to me. Just a Pepsi. <laughs> I can't even sing that song. It's so fast. Like, the, like st- whereas st- Money st- McFly was seen as like the '80s example of like you know, kid that likes to skateboard and kind of rebel a little bit. No, this is what you should have in your mind when you think. 80s rebel who skateboards this is someone that's trying to be in the bones brigade big time
3: i feel bad for telling you josh but this song unfortunately is not featured in the movie for very long it's very very faint in the background during a party scene which is too bad because this song feels like the like what you just said it's the lay motif of Emilio Estevez's character who hates his job hates the fact that his girlfriend cheated on him has no direction, his parents are burnouts, like, and he just, he, he gets into the profession of stealing cars for a living. That's exactly what institutionalized feels like. I wish it was featured well, I mean, a bit more. even
2: if it's only in there for a little bit, I mean, I, I have to agree, it's, it's, again, this, this, uh, this type of hardcore punk is perfect for, you know, a disenfranchised protagonist.
3: Yeah, and that's what the, the director, Alex Cox, wanted to capture another thing is there's this really nice uh, score written by a latino punk band called the plugs they done they do they uh, they did a lot of good work with this album they have like this uh, this um speaking of ride of the valkyries evan oh, yeah. they do a cover of that song a couple times with oh, this nice. like surf guitar uh, heavy like tremolo kind of sound and it sounds great and then the the last song of the album which is probably my favorite song would have to be a real 10, which plays in the last scene of the movie. And it has like this, almost like this cowboy's going into the sunset kind of vibe to it, which is awesome because there's like this flying car that rises off the ground and flies off into outer space. Uh, <laughs> you know, close enough. So they
2: also know that where they're going, they don't need roads. No. <laughs>
3: yeah, And um,
2: the, the title track, this is a bit
3: of a story in and of itself. Uh, the child track Repo Man by, uh, Eggie Pop, who was kind of like... Oh, the, nice. He's practically, like, the grandfather of, of punk, le- next to, like, Lou Reed and, like, Velvet, Velvet, uh, Velvet Underground. i almost said Velvet Revolver. Please shoot me. <laughs> 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 but, um, but, yeah, um, yeah, so, like, the way this song came about is, Eggie, was kind of at a rough throw in his life with his, uh, his, his addictions and his lifestyle, um, his agent saw a screening of Repo Man... Uh, like an early screen, like test screening sort of thing, and uh, Alex Cox came to his house personally and said, "I want you to do a song for this movie. I think you're the only logical choice." And Iggy was like, "All right, yeah, I'm down." And so they they and this is like, I don't even know how to explain this. He got Steve Jones from Sex Pistols to play to record guitar, and he got uh, let me pull up the name is Clem Burke. And Nigel Harrison of Blondie To do bass and drum hmm. Well, um And, uh, the best part is is like Iggy didn't write anything down He showed up on the studio And he and this group, this super group Basically jammed this song out In like 20 minutes and recorded it In between uh, Iggy doing Lines of coke in the bathroom, of course But, uh, that's neither here nor there <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a the, And that explains why the lyrics are kind of like Uh, opaque up too, yeah. so I guess, like, it's just kind of, like, it's not really even about the movie, it's just, like, I think the only thing he says is, I'll tell you who I am! I'm a Repo Man! And, uh, and by the Repo end of the Yeah, Pepsi Man. All he wanted was a Pepsi Man! <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um, oh, God, this Grip Dog Pepsi Man reboot sure is interesting. It
3: sure is, it sure is, and, um, it's funny, because, like, by the end of the song you're just going reaper 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 man like it's like he ran out of things to say that just adds to the to the you know just the slapdash like i don't give a fuck attitude of the soundtrack and uh spe- the, the soundtrack is actually kind of like the biggest saving grace of the movie not because it's like not just because it's great but um when the uh, the movie was released the the head of universal who was a different head from when the movie was pitched and shot he 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 absolutely hated the film and after a week of uh being 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 released it was pulled from theaters and uh, alex cox was absolutely furious because this is his first movie and he's getting screwed by studios already Aww. just for being a little bit out there and different but when the albums were released uh on vinyl um, everyone in the punk scene was super alert, and they started buying copies. It actually reached like, I, like it, it sold like almost like uh, I forget the exact number. It was like over. It was like five hundred thousand albums were sold within a day. It wow. was it, it got picked up so fast, Damn. and then Universal paid attention to this, and they were like, "Okay, people are intrigued. Fine, we'll let it back out in theaters." And um, that's what saved it in the box office was just the power of this album alone, and I think that's super cool. I don't know many other movies that have that kind of story, Whoa. where like the soundtrack actually saved it from being a commercial failure. I mean,
0: I, I know of movies that where the soundtrack is better than the movie. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I never, can th- I can't really think of a movie where the soundtrack saved it. <laughs> yeah. It's Cheers crazy. to
1: the soundtrack of Repo Man for saving a. Cult film,
0: yeah, a cult
3: film that became a classic in my eyes. You know, do what Emilio does, Do, Like the most, the most radical thing you can do: take a cheap beer and spill it all over the ground of your enemies. Massive middle <laughs> finger. But uh, you know, I think I've said my piece on Repo Man, and I think it's time to settle settle down and move on. <laughs>
2: Well, unfortunately, you picked the wrong person to have go after you because <laughs> hardcore punk begets some kick-ass rock guitars. On uh, my next pick, the soundtrack to one of my favorite fighting games of all time uh, from 2001, Bloody Roar 3.
0: Ah, wow, that sounds so gentile. Tell us more. Bloody Roar. I'm sure it's. <laughs> I'm sure Nintendo would just pick
2: that right up and just
0: put uh, get it to no, all the kiddies. And... No,
2: no. Bloody Roar as a whole. Uh, essentially if you thought Smash was violent this is well it's not Mortal Kombat but it's certainly (laughs) much more by comparison the gist of the series is people fight against each other and they turn into animals or they're known as zoanthropes which they can you know they're human but they have animal tendencies and they actually can transform into an animal form and as the series goes on that term kind of gets stretched a little bit but the third game fans usually consider the second or third as the apex of it but it, they've always had a really rocking score for the first couple of games, uh, mainly thanks to the, compo- the composition work of Takayuki Nagishi, as the thunder is uh, swirling around me, so it's going to get really dark and awesome. Um, now, the third game soundtrack technically actually has the second game soundtrack sort of bundled at the back of it because it never got a proper commercial release, but right from the opening uh, drum fill of Into the Battlefield, which I listened to a ton as a nine-year-old and it's just super heavy and of course getting guitarist Jun Kajiwana for both um the second and third games he has a lot for how he's able to do his riff work his soloing it's all fantastic and that also continues into some of the level themes although they also do sort of go with the times and they they blend in a little bit more of a, a little bit of ambient and electronic aspects for example in the Dino Museum stage that theme has a little bit more of a synth line in there, and also with freezing space. Like do 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 do. But the guitar riff on Sea Fortress—it sounds like it's going to be a little bit more of a, a bit of a darker thrashier time. But it is still a little bit more of an instrumental rock affair. But I just love the fact that this is an example of—it's all about the guitar. There's no lyrics that you're really going to remember because there are none. And. I I legitimately cannot think of a bad thing to say about this soundtrack, and if any of you if any of you ever feel the need to track that game down, do it because it is it is my personal favorite in the series. And while there were a few more entries after it, I don't think it topped anything close to this because this was like you know when I was like nine or ten, this was like one of the most brutal fighting games I could think of to play. At least that was rated T because you know I I didn't really play any M-rated games yet, but it's it's really. It's awesome, I and mean, granted, the the voice cast for it that doesn't really factor into it, but I I, I really wanted to um, play Into the Battlefield a lot on drums, and I think uh, Let me see here. Yeah, Lyle, well, you should actually definitely listen to Slum Street, and also, I believe it's either No Remorse or Wild Consultation. Yeah, Wild Consultation, I think, is the Song that plays when you start with the arcade mode. That it's a lot of it where it's meant to be almost like looped, even though they're not super long. I've got to, you know, it's it's quite enjoyable. I've got to be honest. Uh, you talked about this game quite
0: a bit back when we were kids, and I've, I, it 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 was always like a legend to me because like I. Never really saw the game anywhere. You were the only person I knew who talked about it, so I was kind of like, yeah. "What, what kind of game is this?" Like, I'm cu- I'm curious. Like,
2: it's a, it's a fighting game, but it's not as brutal and gory as Mortal Kombat or later sort of fighting games would be. But it's not as complex as Smash Brothers became. It's, I mean, yeah, it is a button masher, but the, it's more about you know picking a character and learning their fighting style and then use figuring out the bun combinations and with the third well the second game added what's known as a beast drive which is sort of like a finishing move in a way there's uh... or three added a second beast drive which uses a different bun combination but this is the even from the album cover with you know yeah. it's mainly the pal and japanese cover of the main uh, face of the franchise Yugo, sort of mid transformation between being a human and a wolf so i always sort of identify with yeah. that and and when i think of you know video games with a great you know rock soundtrack and especially when i want to kick back and just let that music go and beat up some imaginary people too and this is like one of the first choices i go to it's not super hard to find whether on the internet or if you're really itching for a physical copy but i highly recommend that, that uh, you track this down if, if uh, what i've said is interesting to you at all yeah nice that's cool nice.
1: I, 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 I just looked i just looked up the track list they're all pretty short and they're all pretty uh
2: kind of is it all is it all just a compilation of different artists or uh, no it, it's basically one it's like one band that records a lot of different whether it be like the menu theme, the character select screen theme, themes for each of the different levels. Okay. It's a lot of instrumental rock and you're going to hear a little bit of a difference because around where I'm looking track 22 is when it switches over to Bloody Roar 2's score which is a little bit rougher around the edges only because bloody war 2 came out in 98 i think 98 99 whereas 3 came out in 2001 so there's a, the production is a lot cleaner on 3 but I, I definitely think between both of those you, you can't really go wrong
0: absolutely right
2: okay
4: nice
0: cool uh, well, I I want to play this game at some point. Like I, I want to listen to music and play the game. So thank you for that. Well, uh, I'm sure one of
2: you has a PS Two you can track down or uh, nudge, not a PS uh, uh, Three I
1: do, and I wish I was going next. It would have been a good segue. But first, mean, there's always the emulators too. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, the the soundtrack I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's not like a too much of an awkward segue because uh, Josh has talked about a piece of media that involves. Monsters, my next pick involves monsters, although, albeit in a comedic way. I'm going to, I'm taking you guys back to 2004, where uh, Shrek 2, in addition to being one of the greatest sequels of all time, I honestly feel like Shrek 2's soundtrack outdid itself from the first one. I did contemplate, you know, talking about the first Shrek soundtrack, but I feel like there's only one war that can sum up that soundtrack. Some, um, you know, the rest, and
2: we're back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
0: Um, but you brought back a lot of memories with Shrek 2 for sure. Okay, just just, some good times. uh, Okay, so we said this
1: before on the show, accidentally in love by counting crows. Yeah, yeah. before
0: Mm -hmm. we get into Shrek 2, I would just like to comment on you know, the on uh, All Star being like the only thing that anyone remembers about the soundtrack of Shrek 1. Um, there was a good Eels song on that soundtrack. Yeah, my be- there was an. E- in fact, Eels, I believe, did songs for all four of the Shrek movies. Yeah, uh, for Shrek 2. No, um, I'm looking not the sleep. first one. No, it, it wasn't My Beloved Monster. That the, was in the first the one. The first one was My Beloved the Monster. The second one was I need, I need Some Sleep. I Need Some Sleep, The aka the, Ooh, the, 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 ar- the, the argument song. Um, yeah. uh, Royal Pain was the song they did in the third movie. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they did for the fourth movie. Uh, but and no
2: one needs to know about the fourth movie.
0: I was thinking about. Okay, so before we got to get into Shrek 2, I was thinking about this. Um, if. It, 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 we said this on the show before, but uh, all, a lot of people think All Star was written for the movie Shrek. It wasn't. It was written specifically for the movie Mystery Men. But mm. Shrek propelled yes. it into pop culture. Yeah. And But here's the thing. So the way I see it, if Mystery Men was the. Neglectful abusive parent That didn't give that song a good home Shrek was the stepfather That came along raised it And made it a star that's brutal, man. Frosty <laughs> <laughs> Man ain't that bad. What a
1: yeah. very bizarre analogy. It, I yeah, I know.
0: It, it is a...
3: It, yeah, it so is back bizarre. to Shrek too.
1: So, What do you like about it? So. so
2: I said, what's the problem, baby? What's the problem? I don't know. Well, maybe kay. I'm in love. Okay. Love. Think Shrek, about it. Every time I think about it, can't stop thinking about it. I didn't know this was... Come straw, come strawberry come ice come cream! Come
0: yeah, no, count... That song, uh... That song, uh, the song, the movie opens with "Accidentally in Love" by Counting Crows, which perfectly encapsulates Shrek and Fiona's marriage and their and their love story. Recapping, while while
1: while while people say while people say that All Star is like the anthem to the first Shrek, Funky Town is the theme to Shrek
0: too. I was just gonna say that because, Mm. AKA, uh, you're right. Cody, uh, Funky Town was in every single trailer for Shrek 2. Um, and, uh, it, in the movie, it's utilized really well where they arrive, they get to Far, Far Away, and, uh, the song is just playing when they're, like, walking down a, uh, yeah. a, a knockoff yeah. of... Gotta
1: make a move to a town that's right for me. beep, 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 beep. beep.
0: Yeah, no, Funky Town, great song. We can't forget... Um, I Need a Hero. Oh, I, you're, we're getting ahead okay, of ourselves. Guys, guys. We're all guys, over
1: the place. I need it. That, that When the Fairy Godmother, that whole scene where she is performing I Need a Hero, that is probably one of the greatest ticking clock climax. I need to, like, rescue it, my, my damsel scenes I've ever seen in any movie. Yeah. It is...
2: Perfect. Yeah, it I yeah. The,
1: gi- the, the, the giant gingerbread man. Yeah. The Shrek trying to race to like get to Fiona on time. It's like one of the best climactic scenes in any movie. Yeah. But, I also really
2: sorry. like what they did with David Bowie's Changes, uh, pairing him with Butterfly Boucher. Oh, that, that yeah. That yeah version so of changes really nice. Yeah. So we're getting,
0: so yeah. So you guys are just listing off all the songs. I mean, like, but that goes to show like these songs are really hit. Um. I know I haven't done a lot of recommendation for you guys, but um, Lyle, w- oddly enough, um, one of my favorite song tracks off the uh, off the soundtrack is uh, Tom Waits' "Little Drop of Poison." Uh, uh nah, 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 that, oh, with a little we'll drop of poison. Uh, Yo, it's I a like song. Tom it's a, it's a song that plays when they go when he when the king yeah, goes yeah. to the poison Captain Hook apple. sings it. Yeah. And also, uh, there's, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, People Just Ain't No Good, which is the, the second act, Low Point song. <laughs> You're giving me all
3: the husky voices. Yeah. Can... Um. To be honest, there's, there's a cover of a Buzzcocks song, uh, Ever Fallen in Love. Yes. I don't like that cover. <laughs>
0: By Pete Yorn. No, I don't like his version of speaking, song. It's, it's okay, Pete Yorn's not for Speaking, of, co- yeah, not speaking for of covers, um... Well, so, not, songs that weren't in the movie, there was uh, Dashboards, Confessionals, As Easy As Lovers Go, and then there was that other song called, um, I forget what it was called. Uh, it was called, I Think I'm Strange. I don't remember it too well. I'm On My Way? No, I'm On My Way was by was the, the first, that was in the movie. first one. And I Age. No, there's
2: one by Rich Price. No,
0: send me, okay. This, the song you're thinking of in Ice Age was Send Me On My Way, a.k.a. the song in the Enterprise car commercials. Oh, and Matilda. Oh, yeah. All right. Um. But anyway, so Sorry. every single... All the song... Oh, and uh, as we mentioned, uh, the the argument song, uh, I Need Some Sleep by Eels, uh, is a great, uh, mm. you know... Eels, ref- Eels is really underrated, dude. Yeah. Mystery is great.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, uh, going back to what Cody was saying... I think uh, the Jennifer Saunders as the fairy godmother singing I Need a Hero, that's the best cover of the song I've ever heard in my life. And I don't think I'll hear a better cover of that song. But now that you mention it, there were two. There were actually two covers uh, of I Need a Hero in Shrek 2. There was, uh, the, it's the, Holding Out for a Hero. Holding Out for a Hero, sorry, goddammit. Holding Out for a Hero, there were two covers. One was by Jennifer Saunders, who sings in character. Then there's also the cover by Fru-Fru, which plays in the credits. Mm-hmm. And,
2: um... Oh, and speaking Ooh, of, and Fru-Fru another... is Fru everybody's favorite Halo meme star, Imogen Heap. Oh, oh right, nice. Um, well, hide-and-seek rather, but yeah, yes. I feel
0: like I'm out of the loop. There's okay. also... <laughs> but, yeah, so there's... But, uh, <laughs> I, oh, and let's... Oh, and remember how, um... So, one of the things I actually like about uh, the Shrek franchise is that Shrek was the staple of, like, anti-Disney entertainment. Like, they took everything that made Disney popular and they basically parodied it. But the thing about that is, di- um, it, whereas a di- the Disney Renaissance era films, they incorporated, you know, songs that the characters would sing, and it was almost like a musical. Shrek didn't go the musical route, almost. Because at the end of the first Shrek, you have uh, Smash Mouse cover of I'm a Believer where uh, Eddie Murphy as Donkey uh, sings a bit of the lyrics, but in the end, of, to play out Shrek 2, uh, Antonio Banderas and Eddie Murphy in character sing this amazing cover of "Living La Vida Loca." Yeah, that
2: was fun. That right?
0: was a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: it's over the top, but it's like it's a typical yeah. end credit sequence type of thing. It's like yeah. how "I'm a Believer" was the cap off, cap off to the uh, the first and film. Yeah, we, uh, we we can't forget uh, "Far
0: Far Away Idol," which oh, was on the DVD bonus. Oh, oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah, that was that was yeah, where they got was, Simon,
0: where they got Simon Cowell. And by the way, um, for full disclosure, um, the Shrek DVD, uh, when the Shrek DVD came out, uh, it, they're all that was in the last days where you could actually buy VHS copies of films. So, if you actually got a VHS copy of Shrek Two back in the day, you could still. You couldn't play Far, Far Away as an interactive game. It was an added, uh, like, short film that you had to watch after the credits. Kind of like uh, Shrek in the Swamp's karaoke dance party from the first one. Yeah. Where oh, they j-
2: that, that, that's a memory right there. Oh, yeah. wow. That
0: really brings me back.
2: Yeah. Shrek, you ain't dancing yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, so uh, in Far... This is
1: a, the, the wolf scene who, who let the
0: dogs out, and all the pigs <laughs> going, who, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that staying was staying alive. Staying alive. Yeah. Oh, another. Oh. We're kind oh. of jumping bet- back and forth between the two soundtracks, but uh, yeah. Sorry. So, anyways, um, but in Far Far yeah, Away, going back to Far Far Away Isle for a second, um, do you know that um, if you actually, the only people who are capable of winning, uh, if you played the the little DVD extra enough times, you'll actually know that, uh, it's a rigged game because. If you pick any other character, what? Bes- you no. You mean
2: a game made for kids is rigged? Yeah,
0: no. If you pick, any- okay. <laughs> if you pick, let me explain. If you pick any other character as the winner of the contest, bes- that other isn't that Shrek, other than Shrek, Fiona, Fiona Puss, Puss in Boots,
3: Boots or Donkey.
0: Uh, Simon Cowell will just say nope, nope. For what is a man? Will, what has he no, got? No, Simon Cowell will just say no. I'm the winner. I don't know. <laughs> S- fuck your choice. That's
3: bullshit. It is bullshit. Uh, fuck you, Simon. He
0: pulled a Sid Vicious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and he'll j- yeah, I know. So um, that's uh, that's but yeah, I know. Talking about Far Far Away Idol, like they sang some good covers. Like yeah. I've, Donkey singing, just inferno. You've got uh, a hungry. The wolf comes back with the pigs as with hungry like the wolf, and then the of pigs, all, yeah, it's kind of on the nose kind of stuff. But oh, it's still cute. The Did, most, the didn't,
1: most, didn't, didn't Prince Charming do? Uh, I'm sexy too sexy, sexy for, for my, my shirt. shirt. So that was the artist, that
0: was the artist firmly known as Prince Charming. Boom! Oh, that was a callback. <laughs> to, yeah, to Cody's pick. Yes. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's also. Uh, but I, I guess no, oh, that's. I, I really also liked so, um yeah, Steve uh Larry King as the ugly stepsister singing a cover of Cindy Lauper's "Girls Just Wanna Have Fun." So boys, take a beautiful girl and hide her away, and it's and then Fiona is on the judge man. It's like, yeah, you go. Girl, yeah, go girl, catch an extreme makeover and some singing lessons. But yeah, we're just... Uh, things that were written in the early 2000s that don't do yeah. well. Um, some gender-confused wolf. Whoa!
3: <laughs> Hashtag cancelled! <laughs> But, uh, anything else? <laughs> How
0: about we go back to the actual soundtrack? The actual soundtrack, um, the reason why I wanted to pick it is because it outdoes what the first movie accomplished in terms of incorporating classic songs to what is going on in the movie. And every single song, it fits very well into its respective scene. It expands the scene. It tells a story. I know you don't like the Pete Yorn cover of Ever Fall In Love. Well, but it's that, a cool sequence The sequence way. is cool. I'll give it me. that. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you I mean, doing Pete it, It's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great, it's a great soundtrack for a very fun movie and for one of the best sequels ever made. Check out the soundtrack for Shrek Two. If you want to hear some classic tunes uh, incorporated really well into an amazing movie, that's the movie for you. And the covers, uh, once again, are awesome. Like, uh, like I said before, very so, yeah. nice choice, Evan. Thank you.
2: Yeah. And if nothing else. Get into eels already. Sure. Yes, please.
0: Yeah. Okay, Cody, what do you got?
1: Alright, my first and only video game pick of the night is APB Off-Road Fury 2 from 2002. Oh yeah, you
3: talk about this one a lot.
1: <laughs> yes, this is a game that I still own to this day. I only literally own only three PlayStation 2 games just because yeah. they're not available... To play on either the three or the four yet those being Simpsons hit and run Star Wars Battlefront 2 I'm talking uh, about the old the, school the go- one not the garbage EA,
2: EA I mean you can get that one on Steam and good old games Yeah, All you right, can. maybe I'll do that. I actually have and
1: then the third and then the third game is ATV Offroad Fury 2 and I was thinking to myself wait a minute. This is just a four-wheeler ATV racing game. Why do I still have this game around? Why don't one of you guys answer the obvious question?
3: Because it's good? <laughs> the music! The music? The soundtrack!
1: Yay! You get a gold star! Go yeah, fuck yourself, up. no.
3: <laughs> hey, hey! Put <Point> me <laughs> on the spot,
1: okay? Producer? <laughs> Fire me, then.
4: <laughs>
1: no, no. this soundtrack... Ass, it is the literally. It's like a time capsule to the early 2000s. It's nothing but techno, new metal, hard rock. It's just a compilation of all these greatest hits, and it, it just playing the game and listening to these songs at the same time is just like a great combination. In fact, trying to listen to this uh, the album just on it by itself, I have to admit it was actually a bit jarring not hearing. The sound of uh, an ATV's engine revering, revering the whole time because I'm, I just got so used to it for the longest time. <laughs> um, a few tracks to kind of like noteworthy here. Uh, I got Lyle. I'd recommend you probably know this song, but it's uh, "American Cliche"
3: by Filter. Oh, I know Filter. I don't and know. They
1: that say that
0: American cliche, American, Cliché. That sounds like it's a
3: Lyle
1: awesome. song. Josh, knowing you and your love for, like, hip-hop and stuff like that, Amplified by Cypress Hill.
2: Yeah, actually, it's kind of neat that Cypress Hill are in this, because I think by that time I didn't even know if they were still around. Oh, it's but, such a good song! I also want to check out the bloodless track, "Underground President."
1: Yes, that's the other one I
2: wanted to say. That's a great fucking song. I was gonna recommend that to you as well. Because a, a, a song from a later entry in one of the uh, series I'll be talking about next, uh, "Rhythm Sticks," is in that in that game, and I actually did really enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. so y'all did "Courage," because that rips. <laughs> oh, courage! Okay, it's funny when Ver-
1: when I showed this uh, game to Veronica years later. There's a it's it's obviously multiplayer because it's you know it's a four wheeler racer game, but in the mini or in the special uh, what do you call it? Uh, whatever in the mini games section, it's uh, there's hockey and there's tag, and the tag is really fun to play with Veronica. Where the objective is just you have to hold on to this beach ball for as long as possible, and you can knock the other person down and like steal their ball and. Whoever held on to it the longest within like a 5, 10, 20 minute uh, period is like the winner. The song Courage is the one that Veronica was humming to herself throughout the whole game. Every time it, it would all, because the game shuffles between all these songs. And I could just like hear her singing to herself You
2: should try not to be so courageous. You should try not to be so courageous. I never said you were a mustache at all. You've got you're all
1: your. you wow,
2: just understand. and Lila being like, really? Bunch of dorks over here? You know, I I mean, don't know mean, what? You guys dork. can I'm gush the...
3: over this. Josh, so go for it. Josh,
1: Josh, uh, Josh, like, this is honestly bringing me back to a moment in my life where you and I just bonded over a song from this game. Did we just when become
2: best to... friends? Yep.
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> when, I went, when I went to high school. I met my buddy named uh, I met a buddy of mine named Troy, and he not only played this game also, but him and I bonded through "Parade by Garbage," which is off of this album, and it's one of my favorite songs off of this album. It's like a feel, it's one of the feel good songs off of this album, and I always I always just feel like so like ah full of life every time it's well, Jurassic
2: Five guys. If you want to get into some really nice hip hop, Jurassic Five. Wow, Cody, that's a i on knew. to
1: what's golden. <gasps> but do the stage, I'm ranging, I'm rolling. Fucking love that song. What's what, what golden?
2: Oh, fucking love what's golden. I'm, I'm vibing with a bunch of stuff on you. Also, uh, System of a Down with Science. Ah. Yes,
1: Science. Oh, my
2: God. Science and then is, I'm going to ruin the mood science,
1: completely. Science is off of their Toxicity album, which also has uh, Chop Suey on it. Oh, uh, let
2: nice. me just double check. I'm going to ruin the mood a little bit, though, because unfortunately... There was a song by that band Lost Prophets on here.
1: Science has failed the
2: world. Science has failed the
1: mother earth. Love that song. Yeah, the fucking fucking tracks in this game just gets me so fucking amped. Oh, and Evan, if your friend Sean isn't going to get you into corn, I will. So I want you to listen to the song Here to Stay, because it kicks fucking ass.
2: I'll check it out. It's a heavy fucking song. Oof. I'm just imagining hockey being played on APBs. I'm like, well, there's one way for the NHL to revamp the uh, the winter classic. And, uh, and oh, another, song, another song that you all need
1: to listen to, Thick Skin by Systematic. Okay. <laughs> the,
4: the pen they made for you! The pen made for you!
0: Yeah!
1: Oh, God, <laughs> it's really hey, now, I'm getting I'm, I'm, I'm so much energy right now. It's actually getting hot here. This fucking, this fucking soundtrack gets me amped.
2: I oh, "Good gracious, ATV, it's audacious." Damn. <laughs> There's
1: also another one. Uh, What's going on, Macan? What's going on, Macan? I gotta get my, ha-
0: I gotta get my hands on a copy of
2: this game. Oh, and dude, again, shouldn't have been a Nintendo kid growing up. Oh, I'll just I I will just come over and play it. Cool. Okay,
1: actually and and one last closing thing to say. True true story. This game I played it so much and I played it on not on loop, but it's uh I guess it's like a freestyle race it, race where there's no laps. I played this game for four straight hours and thanks to that analog stick I got like a huge blister after those four oh, hours. Damn. God damn, son. Like it was huge. I will never forget that. I, I just let go of my thumb and I'm like holy fuck just like a giant bubble (laughs) and i think the reason why i was playing it so much was because i wanted to keep hearing the fucking soundtrack because it's like a kick-ass fucking it's just (laughs) kick-ass you can't say enough good things about it
3: well that's awesome (laughs) so a game with a kick-ass soundtrack well as it just so happened before we record this podcast a few months ago i went on a massive gta binge I'm talking I beat GTA 3. I piled through uh, GTA Vice City. Tried getting into San Andreas. Wasn't big on it. I know that's a controversial statement, but I I, I just got kind of tired of driving so, so much. Between worlds? Between
0: <laughs> and cities? C- controllers were chucked at the wall of our apartment. It's a frustrating <laughs> game. I I
1: got tired of driving, in Grand thought I was like saying, oh, I got tired of jumping in Super Mario. Oh, Christ, <laughs> when you're driving through a highway
3: for ten minutes straight, it gets kind of redundant after a while. Uh, yeah, so I've broken many controllers trying to beat GTA 3 and Vice City. They've kind of aged oh. a little bad, I will say. But one thing that has not aged really bad is the soundtrack yeah most gta games typically have excellent soundtracks and i think the best version the best Well, i think the game that has the most significant soundtrack would be gta vice city uh yeah oh yeah i uh <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to cover so i'm just kind of like I'm just going to breeze through the stations. You had... You're, you're not going
1: to go through every single radio no, station. No, 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 no. I'll talk <laughs> about the ones I
3: like the most. I'll just... Uh, my personal opinion. Okay. yeah. Okay. So there was okay. uh, i I'll, I'll just... Quick summary. There was Wild Style, which was the hip-hop electro station. Um, yeah. There was also Flash FM, which was the pop station. The Fever 105, which was disco and soul. V-Rock, which had hard rock and heavy metal. Uh, Radio Espantoso, Espantoso, I believe. And that was Latin jazz. I was actually listening to some of that. While <gasps> Tito
2: Puente. I... <laughs>
3: yeah, Tito is on there. And I was listening to some of that while I was making breakfast this morning. Veronica came and was just like, ooh, you're listening to my music. <laughs> so she appreciated that. <laughs> and then there was Emotion. Well, that got you some points. It did give me some points, yes. And then there was Emotion 98.3, which was <laughs> soft pop and power ballads and my personal favorite uh station of the bunch was wave 103 just nothing but new wave synth pop post-punk glorious um uh, of all the stations i didn't didn't listen too much to wild style i'm not really into hip-hop that much but josh you might get into that one Although, I, I'd, I'd say if, oh, the, yeah. the definitive hip-hop GTA soundtrack is San Andreas, like, undoubtedly.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that game is... Sure. Oh, shit, here we go
3: again. Here we go again. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I also, I didn't mind V-Rock, but it wasn't my favorite soundtrack because of the use of metal and all uh, that.
1: Yeah, v- uh, yeah well, wow, v- on V-Rock, I, it might be San Andreas. I can't remember if it's Vice City or San Andreas, but is Ozzy's Bark at the Moon on Vice City? Uh, it is.
3: Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, okay. For V-Rock, a few shout-outs. There was I Wanna Rock by Twisted Sister. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, come on, feel the noise. I rock. Come on, feel wait, the wait, noise. Wait, wait
1: wait. I wanna, uh, wait, wait. I Wanna Rock. I thought it was called I'm a Goofy Goober. I'm a oh. Goofy Goober
3: Rock.
1: Goofy Goober Rock. Yeah,
2: the kids, the kids had the SpongeBob movie. The teens and adults had Vice City.
3: Yeah. <laughs> there was also Come on, Feel the Noise by Quiet Riot. She Sells Sanctuary by the Colts. Great song. Um, oh, working working yes. for the Weekend it's by raining Loverboy
0: back. Raining Blood raining um, Peace Sells by Megadeth I didn't know this song was even in the game uh, But I heard you listening to uh, I, This morning I also listening heard you listening to uh, In a Big Country by Big Country I'm like mm-hmm. wow that's a great song yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find uh, which one, which station that was. I think it was Don't emotion. Don't believe it's in this one. Is it? I think the
1: game's anthem has to be "I Ran So Far Away" by Flock of
3: Seagulls. That's a good one. Yeah. I also loved uh, "Love My Way" by Psychedelic Furs. Oh yeah. That, that's oh, also yeah. the waves one. Oh, and
2: speaking of 99 Love Balloons.
3: Yeah, 99 Love Balloons is in this game too. I forgot. There's just so much music. Uh, Speaking but wrapping up with V-Rog, Josh, if you were any character in the GTA series, I think you would be Laszlo, the talk show host. He's just so... I see. He's just always peppered with, like, and now back to stations filled with artists, music made for people who clearly are unemployed. Next up. (laughs) (laughs) He just always has, like, this acerbic wit to him. And he's in every single GTA game, too. He's one of the few who just sticks around the most. So yeah, I mean, I could talk there, there's so much to cover, but like uh, definitely my favorite station was Wave. Although Emotion 98.3 had that nice REO Speedwagon song like I'm gonna keep gonna on loving you. you. Which is funny because that's the last song I played in Crank 2 when uh, <laughs> Chef Chelios got set on fire and oh, just yeah. kissed a girl, set her on fire, went up to the camera, broke the fourth wall and stuck the middle finger out. And I'm like, these guys play GCA. I can just tell. I kissed a girl
2: and she was uh, got set on fire.
3: You know, like you
2: do. But... It tastes
1: like uh, cherry chapstick.
2: That's a
0: dope. Ha
2: ha. Also, no GCA. I think also had some really new choices. Well, this my city had Africa, Sister Christian. Yeah. On uh, I believe it's um yeah on FIBA 105. Want to be starting some.
3: And uh, our always favorite, uh, Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. Oh, yes, and yeah. the beat goes
2: on. Last night, DJ saved my life. Um, yeah. Run to You. Owner of a Lovely Heart. Run, run to You by Brian uh, Adams. Nice. Yeah, The Breaks, Rockbox, Rocket.
3: Yeah. yeah, Jesus. Like, I could just list, it. I could pick out 20 songs from this that are just pure 80s. But I don't know. And
2: in case the radio stations aren't enough for you, on the PC, Xbox, and iOS ports of Vice City, you can put your own MP3s in the game. Yeah, that was a new nice. feature they
3: added. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, overall, like, it's it, it fits the tone of the game perfectly. Sometimes I would just have more fun just driving around listening to stations rather than doing missions. Wow. I'm
2: not I mean, just because
1: that's cause... kind of that's kind of my GTA experience. Yeah. Just Cody, I think, were, I
2: think you thought you you said you thought in a big country was in the game. No, that was, uh, that, was that, the... that
3: was Evan. Yeah.
2: All right, then. Okay, so it is yeah. technically in the game in the original PS2 version. It's in uh, the first cutscene of the driver mission, but it was replaced by the message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five in all subsequent versions.
3: Of I it. hated that mission. Oh, yeah. The driver was one of the worst missions in the game. But the only way... Wait, I've... so Drive
2: is a great movie, but The Driver is a terrible mission. No, because you got to <laughs> race
3: this chubby mama's boy who, um... Who, he, and he always cheats. He's like, his car is just automatically way faster than yours. The only Wait, reason... You're
2: upset someone cheats, a villain cheats in a video game? The only
3: way I beat that mission is because the dumbass... Some, some other car smashed into his car, and it gave me like a ten second lead, so I won. But then the moron, when he goes... It's this big bank heist, it's an optional side quest... He's like okay can you drive us to the bank I'm like motherfucker you're the driver <laughs> And then when you get the money And like the cops start coming in He's like don't worry guys I'll hold your I'll get your back I'm like where you get why are you getting out of the car You're the driver He takes his gun out and gets shot in two seconds I'm like so you're telling me I had to race this guy Fifty times in a row To beat him And he doesn't do any driving
2: Ah! 50
3: times! I need to race this guy 50 times! In a row? In a row! Oh god, some of the missions in GTA Vice City. If off. that wasn't
2: ridiculous enough, so in the European edition of Vice City, uh, the Flash FM Soundtrack City has three extra songs that are not in game Smugglers Blues by Glenn Fry, I Want to Be a Cowboy by Boys Don't Cry, and of course, the classic from Toto, Hold the Wine.
3: Ah, oh, yeah. And uh, if you get Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories, there's like more added to the additional like soundtracks. Like the, the the songs from the previous game aren't there, but it's still the same stations. So it's the same stuff you like, but more songs. So yeah, but yeah, overall, I'd say GTA Vice City has the strongest soundtrack out of the entire series, and that's usually the the the, the you know the popular opinion as well. It's definitely the biggest highlight of the game for sure. Mm. And um, yeah, we listed quite a lot of songs. If you're a huge fan of 80s music or 80s like culture, and you're not sick to death of the nostalgia baiting, then yeah, give a uh, give Vice City a go. I bet Ernest Klein he just like listens to this song on repeat endlessly. Ah. But we've talked enough about that man. I am ready to move on. <laughs> you gotta,
1: you gotta go to the Malibu club and with your flamethrower and just go down, just go to town on the dance floor. Yeah. No, just imagine the pyro
2: from Team Fortress Two in that
1: ice
4: uh, city environment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wow! Okay, so we... I want to do some like visualization exercises for my next pick. So
4: okay. instead
2: of it being the hot, you know, Miami nightlife of the eighties. Picture it being a freezing cold winter day, and you've got your snowboard on, you've got all your gear, you're at the top of a mountain, probably somewhere in Whistler, and you're about to go down the slopes. And what kind of stuff do you want to hear when you're rowing down the slopes, pulling off some sick trick action, or trying to outrun everybody to get to the finish? The soundtrack for my favorite entry in the SSX series, SSX3, released in October 2003.
3: Nice. I've heard good things about those games.
2: Okay. ssx has always been one of my favorite snowboarding series because especially with the third game there was a great amount of realism but some insane trick animations or uber tricks as they're known where you start with uh, the level one ubers which are pretty basic and then as you get the level two ubers which are a bit more intense and gravity defying the music almost seems to amplify those moments and especially with three there's a really neat audio engine where if you're you're doing really well but then you wipe out or you hit a tree or something and you fall down the music actually kind of cuts out and there's a more minimal version of the track you're hearing so it adds another auditory level to that and some of these tracks are some ones I still enjoy to this very day there's a bit of electronica in here there's some rock and pop punk there's a little bit more ambient and down tempo Um, first and foremost I really enjoy a track like um, Emerge by Fisher Spooner, the uh the remix done by Junkie XL for this game. It's really intense and pulsing, but it also really fits a dark, snowy winter day, or like a, at least a snowy winter day, really well. And I also think that uh it. I'm pretty sure we all know of that uh, that uh, that pop punk band with the violin that sometimes was pretty big in the early two thousands. Yellow Card.
3: I haven't yeah, listened to by
2: them. Away is fantastic. I need to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait Ooh, there's uh,
1: Chili Peppers Higher Ground
2: Yeah, the remix of Higher Ground by the Executioners is actually pretty cool Because it's got a lot of that turntable-isms But it still keeps a lot of the um, the rock energy of the original I also would definitely recommend that uh, Lyle and Evan both listen to We Don't Care by Audio Bullies. Ah, no. It's, yeah, all right. it's got that being There's things I haven't told you I'll go out late at night And if I was to tell you, you'd see my different side. there's things that happen. And it just adds that beat on there. Um, I also really like the Jason Nevins remix of Rockstar by N.E.R.D. I mean, it was, I think, in uh, probably a few other games and pieces of media, but it's just propulsive and driving. And I love the the sort of like rock guitars in there as Pharrell singing that. It's almost over now, almost over now. Uh, And lest we forget, jerk it out by Caesar Yes, I love that song between the iPod commercials and this this was just I was like I think a demo version of the song from a, from there I think it was something like 30 minutes of bliss in an ordinary world or something was the album I'm just gonna double check here but that was one of my I, first exposures to that short song
1: hypersonic by Jane's Addiction
2: that's a jam yes 39 minutes of bliss in an otherwise meaningless world that's apparently their compilation album that's from but i'm just looking down the list here um i also really enjoy this one was kind of hard to find a proper version for because the version in the game i can't find anywhere but screw up by overseer just had repeated hookup i got mad skills i will get wow i got mad skills i will get wow i got mad skills i will get well i will get wow i will get wow
3: wow
0: nice
2: and uh so, uh, the more ambient stuff also really works for when you're doing the backcountry events, which is basically where you go to the top of a peak and you ride it all the way down to the bottom. Uh, stuff like Ride by Deep Sky or Go by Andy Hunter, those are really good. I'm curious, Josh, how is the Uncle remix of Queens of the Stone Age No One Knows? It's it's okay. Um, it it does, I don't think it actually has much of a rock feel as the original track does. It's a little bit more, it, it fits the vibe of, go, of snowboarding down a track that much more okay um especially and especially with this soundtrack for the super pipe events where it's just like you're going back and forth and a half pipe doing tricks i'm gonna be honest i actually love and we were it's funny we were bashing on black eyed peas earlier <laughs> hot take labor day it's a holiday is actually one of their better songs just for how underrated it is as a little bit of a party jam i mean yeah let's get it started was beloved more but i love doing super pipe events to labor day all right and uh, there's even for Lyle. I don't know if you care much for MXPX at all.
3: Oh, they're good. Well, not Play
2: not. It Loud is uh, pretty good to, uh, to, to put on when I'm going down a racetrack. What's also neat is one of the the in-house composer, John Morgan. Uh, he did a he did a good bunch of work on the first two SSX games, doing some uh, original tracks. But some of his uh, contributions, Buffet of Breaks and uh, Avalanche Part Two, and and some of the other themes for Peaks and stuff are really fun. And, um, also, of course, I can't forget, uh, probably one of the best uses of a Canadian band in at least this series, our uh, finger 11's good times. Ah, yes. Oh yeah. Ah, Those finger spells. 11. I haven't heard them
1: since whenever the last time I was in Windsor and the radio happened to be on
2: uh, <laughs> radio stories with Cody. Re- remember oh, oh, uh... clockworks by Auto? clockwork by autopilot off. That's a great sort of pop punk rock jam. I love that one. Yeah.
3: That's
0: nice, remember the summer of 2007 where Paralyzer and that other song by finger 11 were like the two uh, biggest songs on Paralyzer him? and uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'll keep
2: your memory vague. Yeah, uh, one thing. oh you sure did, all right, yeah,
1: and one thing,
2: yeah. if trip, oh, oh. I One thing was for the self title. Oh, oh, um, I'm gonna use a little bit of my Spanish here. Vamos Yeah, that, that kinky track moss is fantastic. Uh, nice. I love that little bass on him. Yeah, Tendras días
0: Escont me, Espanol and No Espafer.
2: That's also I think Cody you should definitely check out uh Snow Patrol by Alpine Stars. It's listed as part one, but it's got that like it's, it's got that sort of icy vibe that's perfect for... I mean, I was never good at snowboarding or skiing. I, I tried going on a skiing trip to this place, Snow Valley, in fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, you I remember that. Out, never again. I wasn't uh, good either, buddy. Yeah, I wasn't good bad. either. Oh, um, I think Evan, Evan, Evan yeah, you might also like... Uh, don't let the man get you down. By Fatboy Slim, that sample up in the All sign right. says, "Long-haired freaky people need not apply." Didn't we talk um, about?
0: Uh, hey, Josh, didn't we talk about Fatboy Fat on on the Adam Sandler show? Uh,
2: Fatboy Slim, I don't know. Unless Crazy was in one of the movies, I don't yeah, no, believe. Actually, maybe you're right. Maybe no, you're no, right. Gangster Tripping
0: was in uh, Go. So yeah, no, the underrated I mean, movies soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you gotta get off the dick energy (laughs) (laughs) hey we brought up go not dick that was you that's on you Uh, this time
2: (laughs) i'm sure i'm missing a few tracks on here but the new thing about ssx3 is not only is it the most visually stunning of the series well until ssx 2012 (laughs) but this holds up much better you can still play this game if you're interested because the xbox version is available uh, digitally on both the 360 and the one slash series s or x uh, iterations of xbox so not only will it look fantastic it plays pretty well too nice that's great and as someone owns gotcha. a lot of that series i should know I, gotcha. I
1: have a feeling that all of us need to have a game night together and just let's just all get these games yes. together crank up the speakers I no, need to
2: have Lyle streaming himself trying to beat Vice City again so I can watch this time. Oh! Fuck is it me. only an X? Ex- is
1: it only a uh, an Xbox exclusive? No, or... it's it was
2: on uh, PlayStation Two, GameCube, and the Xbox. And oddly enough, there was like a port on the N Gauge if you remember that. I
0: say we go to the most central location in Toronto where we all live and just uh, collab Whoever lives in the most central part of Toronto, we go there. Might well, be Cody. Yeah, sorry for kind of volunteering your place there, but if he's cool with
1: it, let's go to his... Don't, the, don't, don't don't say where I live. I don't want people coming after me. I have a crazed fanboy of Pop Talk that's trying to get to me.
0: What the fuck? Can hey, we've got a... we Lyle and I had an obsessive stalker a couple
2: months ago, so... Uh, hey, hey, don't guys, let, have we got any Basement Jax fans in the house? Yes. Uh, Jacks is there. Where's no. your okay. head at? Yeah, there the the Jacks Club remix of Do Your Thing in this game. I love that one. That's a good song too. I like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. And also uh, the Bitter End by Placebo. Oh, I like Placebo. That's also another sort of gloomy alt rock song, which I like the soundtrack. I, I, <laughs> I may never necessarily enjoy snow. I mean, I've always liked the idea of it. I've seen Olympic snowboarding all the time. I mean, this is like the age of when you know, I grew up with Cool boarders, and there was like 1080 that came around. Snowboard Kids, if anyone else remembers that series. Yeah.
4: Yep. yeah
2: and like you know with the people like Sean white or well Sean white was like one of the most uh he was like one of the bigger snowboarders at the time but the the SSX series sort of encapsulates that feeling of over-the-top intense racing you know tricks that you would never be able to pull off in real life and just uh, it's at some points it feels more natural to snowboard in that game than it does in real life and I'm really glad that this game is almost 20 years old and not only is it still playable on modern systems at least in the xbox's case although if you emulate it you totally can and with some texture packs make it look really neat or get off the textures it's a whole thing but this is my favorite of that series soundtrack and even though it's the summer the next time it starts to get cold and snowy uh fire up this game and listen to some of the tracks on it and see for yourself okay. i'm
3: getting such a ton- here for yourself i'm getting such a tony hawk pro skater vibe from this game like ah, just in the okay. extreme sports um, and the soundtrack.
0: I gotta be honest. I I have played uh, the the S X games at uh, two friends' houses, and I believe Josh is one of them. Uh, the one I played at my other friend Nick's house back in the day was S S X Tricky. And
2: then what was yeah. what was the game that you had, Josh? I I had basically. I mean, I I do have all of them. But as an aside, S S X Tricky is more for if you like the sort of more down tempo and even sometimes trance or house influenced soundtrack. Then that one's for you. This because yeah. I really need sort of vintage movie samples in there as well on some of the tracks. Yeah. But three is like the of the licensed soundtracks. Three is that sweet spot of it hits just about every note for me. Yeah. Even though on tour is it, it fits my like eighth grade getting into rock and heavier stuff as well. But three is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Okay. Alrighty. Sounds good. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take us back to um another. Nostalgic soundtrack. The uh, movie in question was released in two thousand one. Uh, a movie that was based off of a short-lived but very heartfelt kids show, *Recess: Schools Out*. Yeah. The soundtrack to this yeah. movie. The soundtrack to this movie did not need to be as good as it was, because <laughs> um, right when you think that they're gonna just you know foam it in with this you know story, no, like they actually are some damn good nostalgic tunes. Like and the song that plays right when they're celebrating the last day at school, literally as soon as the clock ticks to zero and the bell rings dancing in the street by Martha, Martha and the Vandellas from the 1960s. Um, great song. Um, one by, uh, three dog night plays when, um, TJ realizes that he's going to be all alone in, in summer because all his friends have gone off to camp and, uh, yeah, uh, there's also uh, Born to be Wild is featured very briefly. It was in the trailers, but it was also very briefly in the scene where Becky uh, begrudgingly has to drive him all over the state to pick up his friends from camp. Uh, but then there's uh, uh, Listen why- while I play, 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 Boy, play. Boy, a dream real. Oh,
2: that's right.
0: Let's talk about, <laughs> about covers. So, <laughs> For co- this movie has uh, believe it or not three covers. There's a cover of Nobody But Me. Uh, there's also uh, Robert Goulet as the vo- as the singing voice of Mikey covering.
3: John Jacob
0: Jingleheimer Schmidt. His, His name, name is mine.
2: my name. Too. <laughs> not on the sa- not on the soundtrack. <laughs> Damn it! Really? <laughs> oh oh. Uh, the was, there goes John it. Jacob Jingleheimer
0: Schmidt. No 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 John. Oh and let's not forget this gem Bon Voyage. TJ! kids <laughs> sing
1: good.
3: God, I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So We're talking more we about the movie to than to the songs. Ago. Yeah. Oh man i
1: loved uh when they played Wipeout during when they were trying to the escape chase out of the scene school. that's a good yeah. chase oh, yeah, scene. that's, song. that's yeah. actually
2: a really good escape uh of course the use of incense and peppermints
1: oh my god you know what i mean the Wipeout. the Wipeout kind of reminded me of like the scene from the sandlot when benny was getting chased by the yeah, dog but yeah, yeah. yeah same it, uh,
0: song
1: always works in chase scene. <laughs>
3: yeah always does
0: um yeah i know uh incense and peppermints by strawberry alarm clock like you want to talk Talk about the most 60s song they could have possibly found. Uh, They just kind of blasted it back to the past. Like, as soon as they transitioned from the present day into the 60s, it's like, yeah, no, we're in the 60s now, guys. I also love the use of one
3: is the loneliest number.
0: Well, I'll tell you a story. because, Because my dad was a teenager in the 60s, he actually had kind of some sad memories with that song. It was a song that kind of played when, you know, he didn't, like, have any friends to hang out with, so... But yeah, um, so he kind of related to that scene. Uh, the other, oh, uh, let's also, uh, there, admittedly, there was a, the, the, the uh, I believe Acapel, the artist, Myra, covered, uh, a very poppy, yes. a very poppy cover of Dancing in the Street for the credits, uh, to be honest, uh. I feel like Myra was one of those artists that was made famous by Walt Disney Records uh, just because she had a gig on the Disney Channel, and then uh, she, had to, she got to come. Yeah, cover. Hollywood
2: Records will do that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a meat grinder. Yeah. I mean, it's like they say, miracles happen once in a while oh, when yeah. you believe. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... So, yeah, no, there's... I
0: really re- hope somebody
2: else got that.
0: Um... I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but what else did I add? Uh, no, the I princess feel like, I feel, just, feel it's, like it's we, neither, I feel like we covered all the songs, uh, off of this Oh,
1: song. oh, they also got... Per- they got Hendrix.
0: Yes! Purple Haze. Purple Haze, when, uh... Uh, and Benedict arrives at school with his American flag helmet. Oh, and I completely forgot, uh, one last... Th- also, this song closes out, uh, the 40-year-old virgin and recess schools out. Yeah. Let, oh. the sunshine, let, sunshine.
4: Let,
2: let the sun shine!
0: And the one of the
2: messages, don't
0: lie! That... That awkward, uh, that awkward 3D slash 2D shot of the school where Prickly is, like, wearing his peace medallion as the camera pulls out and awkwardly transitions into... I thought that was a smooth enough Me- shot for the time.
2: Well, for the time... To- oh, yeah, that okay. I thought it was okay? Yeah, that was okay. Sure. I actually really do appreciate the sort of animated... the shift in animation for a Green Tambourine in the credits.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. That was good.
3: <clears throat> so, Cody, what were you saying about Pink Floyd? Oh, I just quoted the "Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone." Yes, <laughs> that was awesome. That was uh, even as a kid, I got that reference, and I was like, "Holy shit, they went there." Yeah, I always want a teacher to <laughs> say that or students say that.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. No, that's a great movie. I think *Recess: Schools Out* is like it. Like, a lot of people like, like, the Phineas and Ferb movie, which apparently is pretty great. I I never really got into Phineas and Ferb. But, like, no, Recess School's Out is really great. Even if you're not, like, super into the show, it does a really great job. Yeah.
2: It's the bookend the series really should have ended on. Even though there were a few
0: direct-to-video releases afterwards, this is a nice way to wrap everything up. Uh, anyways. Tender. Tender. That's the best word we can end on. Moving on. It's a tender soundtrack. (laughs) Yes, it is. Moving on. Cody, what do you got for us next?
3: Okay.
1: Well, Cody in the 90s is in the house. (laughs) And of course, I need to talk about a pinnacle moment in the 1990s in music. And that is the whole scene of the grunge. (laughs) Get that off and there's a film from 1992 directed by, written and directed by Cameron Crowe called Singles.
3: Ew, and Cam the and soundtrack
1: of the, this album is sort of like the anthem of, or almost a celebration of grunge music.
3: I've only seen Singles once. Have you guys seen this? I want to. I really want I to. I've seen bits and pieces of it, non in full, and I agree
1: I need to see it again. Yeah, I think I was a little young when I saw it. It definitely deserves a rewatch, but I have heard this album plenty of fucking times. My <laughs> uncle got it on vinyl a couple years ago, and it was the deluxe edition, and it kind of got me way back into it, because there's a lot of like re-releases on it. Um, and it's just a lot more cleaned up. Um, yeah, I think with the exception of Green River and, I guess, Nirvana those are the only two bands that are missing off of this album that it it's just been a been a did not be involved in something else no you need like if you're gonna have nirvana
3: you need at least like something off of bleach yeah, yeah. like something something like, like a deep card or, or incesticide because that's the thing is that like even though that there is like alice in chains
2: and pearl jam and uh and you know sound Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Soundgarden, Ritual is
1: great birth ritual is awesome
2: it opens with wood and that's one of allison chain's best songs
1: Agreed.
2: Just it's haunting, yeah. but that like at the end if i would
4: could. You.
1: yeah obviously lyle Wood, learn it on bass play it for me i recommend it moody boy and the funny thing is, is that uh, singles came out the summer of '92, and then in the fall of, of 19, yeah fall of nineteen ninety two is when the album Dirt got released, and that had Wood as the opening track as well. So Sweet. it's interesting that uh, the singles kind of snatched that song before it came out on the record. Um, <laughs> my favorite track off of this whole album has to be Seasons by Chris Cornell. Yes. Uh, God rest his soul. It's a fucking tragedy what happened to him. I took it really hard the morning that I woke up and I get a text from my buddy Pat saying, Dude, Chris Cornell died. And I felt gutted because that weekend right before he tragically took his life, I was listening to like three so- the three Soundgarden albums. And it was a very strange, very horrible coincidence when I was listening to that. And that day that he died, I listened to Seasons five times in a row. And I was kind of like not weeping, but I was certainly getting kind of like choked up because this is Chris Cornell at, at his absolute greatest. Yeah, it's a song that uh, you guys probably heard in Man of Steel. Cody,
0: you're moment. gonna Cody, you're gonna hate me, but that was my first expo. I have not seen singles. That was my first exposure to uh, the song "Seasons," where you know Clark is just meandering uh, from town to town, you know, trying to find a new identity. Yeah. Well, I hate you. It's a lot of people's introduction to the song.
1: It's not really well known. It, no, it's <laughs> it's I, a
0: when I, when it's when I a great in the song theaters, in a movie like, that damn, didn't I'm first surprised well. the song is even
1: playing in this. That's a good <laughs> yeah. choice, actually. Yeah, that is. And I mentioned this 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 another song. I mentioned it before on this podcast. Um, Chloe dancer, Crown of Thorns by Mother if Love you want Bone. want to talk about tragic losses for for the Seattle uh, community? Andrew Wood. Andrew Wood. Oh my yeah. God. Mother Love
2: Bone never were able to fully get off the ground But I, I do quite enjoy that My exposure to some of the tracks on Singles Were again much like most other things Through Rhythm Games uh, Birth Ritual was a DLC As it was on the Soundgarden compilation Telephantasm in 2010 So it was DLC for Warriors of Rock uh, State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam A live version was DLC for Rock Band As part of a, uh, a bonus pack Of three songs When I think they had put out ten As a full album
1: yeah, birth, birth Ritual, It's funny. It sounds like a song that is literally just an outtake off of their album uh, Bad Motorfinger. Yeah, it's totally a song that I can totally picture it being. And actually, another song that feels like it should have been in another album. Uh, While well, you might get a kick out of this one, okay. Drowned by the Smashing Pumpkins.
3: Nice.
1: It is totally a song. I, I just take Siamese Dream, the album, and just plop that song somewhere in there, and it just it will just fit so nicely in it.
3: Yes, absolutely.
0: And speaking of things components. that have
2: Jimi Hendrix in them, oh look, may this yes. be loved. Yes, yeah. Another Hendrix. song I heard Isn't of the this like?
0: First. Isn't this like,
2: Hendrix, Hendrix was God, so you need to listen to that. I wrote well, that down for all of you to look Seattle, into it. So here it fits even better. That's uh, what a, 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 An underrated track, again, another song I heard through Rhythm Games, uh, Nearly Lost You from Screaming Trees. Yes, yep.
1: Yeah, hmm. that's another good one. It's funny, there's actually two Pearl Jam songs off of this album, Breathe and State of Love and Trust. Not quite my favorite songs by them. I think Breathe is definitely the better one out of the two. Um, uh, Evan, ev- Evan you'll get a kick out of this. You, you're a fan of the song Battle Forevermore. There's a cover by the Lovemongers oh, nice. on this album. Yeah, which is uh, Nancy and Ann Wilson from Heart and uh, I believe someone else. Uh, Josh, you're probably familiar with the replacements, I assume. Oh yeah, Paul Westerberg is great. (laughs) Yes, Paul Westerberg has two tracks off of it. The one I recommended you is Dyslexic Heart. It's an excellent song. Really good one. It it definitely doesn't fit like well. No, no, I wouldn't say it doesn't fit in the caliber of all the grunge music, but it it, it's some for some reason it's a bit of a nice diversion to all the heavier stuff that's on it um but like but like i said before uh my uh, like seasons and uh uh, chloe dancer crown of thorns chloe dancer crown of thorns is without a doubt i've said this before it is the stairway to heaven and bohemian rhapsody of grunge music it's an epic song and i i can't get enough of it it's one of the most underrated songs i've ever heard in my life
3: very nice I and want while, to see this uh, movie. Since I already said
1: that you should listen to, well, you're already familiar with Allison Chain's Wood, obviously, but you said to me before you weren't too familiar with Mud Honey. Uh,
3: uh, I could listen, listen, listen to
1: Overblown. It. It's a nice gateway song.
3: Okay. Yes. Sounds good. I thought Touch and Me sick. The, on the is 2017 good. reissue of the soundtrack, the opening track, "Touch Me, I'm Dick which is by
2: the, quote unquote, band of the film Citizen Dick. I'm like, they really just should have had them cover Mud Honey's "Touch Me, I'm Sick" because that's yeah. what it's an homage
3: to. Yeah, uh, at least yeah. We'll always... Matt, Matt Dillon is in a. It, it, the thing I remember from the movie quite well is that Matt Dillon is in a grunge band called Citizen Dick,
1: <laughs> and one of his band members is none other than Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Just oh, making Eddie just Stone and Jeff
2: are all in them. I'm like, are we sure yeah. Eddie wasn't supposed to be the star of this? I feel like you know something's not right here.
3: Yeah, what and then there's hell?
2: one part where he's testing out his his speakers in his car, and it's going so loud, and it sounds good at first,
1: and like some passerby is Chris Cornell just. Walks by and he's just like bopping his head, like yeah, this sounds good.
4: <laughs> it's just cool
1: that they get. That's cool that they get all like the, the the main four as much as they can to be in this movie. They yeah. didn't. They said they couldn't get Lance Stanley and uh, Kurt Cobain yeah, to be in it, yeah, but yeah, it's it's okay.
3: Ah, uh, that's a shame. Um.
1: Yeah. Oh no! I'm. It, it's definitely the grunge compilation album. Like it's either this or um. Oh my God! What is it called?
3: Uh, um, Reality Vice Josh, help me
1: out. Josh, Which? help me out. Uh, uh, it's the one from the 80s. It had a, uh, a... Deep Six. Deep Six. Is that what it's called? Deep Six? Fuck. Is
3: that that compilation you showed Deep Star Six?
1: It's the one that has, like, uh, gardens on it, Green River's on it. Um, uh, uh, hmm. I think it's Green called War. Deep Six. Uh, let me see here. Da-da-da-da.
2: Mm, green river let me see here are you talking about the band green river no
1: no no. sorry i i was right it's a, it's called an out al- the album is actually called deep six it's a compilation album of green river the melvins skin yard oh, yeah. uh uh you Soundgarden. sound garden um yeah a few the other function. ones yeah
2: it's, it was sort of like how where sub pop records had their um their early compilations as well I think it was, was SubHop 500 or something uh, Deep yeah. Six was a very crucial uh, compilation in the mid 80s to really get what would become grunge on the map that's awesome absolutely yeah but, well it's like one of the first but I
1: think one of the more mainstream and more po- kind of popular choices that at least gives people a familiar <laughs> with the taste of that sound that was rising in the early 90s in Seattle and what's nice is that it's not just like a it's not just a like, the obvious choices, you know? They didn't throw in Outshined in there. They didn't throw in Man in the Box,
2: you know? I I don't know. I feel like that scene you described where he's testing his speakers, they could have put Rusty Cage in there. It's got that sort of... The main riff is pretty head-bopping. Yeah, Yeah. Rusty Cage, San
3: Andreas. Yeah. (laughs) Radio Uh, X. Yeah. Yeah, no, I want to see this movie and I want to listen to the soundtrack because it looks right up my alley.
0: I'll have uh, to check it out as gotta well. I'm to see if it's be able to stream
1: anywhere. I think it is. I think it's on Prime, if I'm not mistaken. I, I was skimming through that the other day. Oh, I thought I saw it there. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about grunge or something from the 90s, so <laughs> that's my pick. Yeah.
3: Excellent choice, Cody. Excellent. <laughs> Alright, well, while we're talking about GTA stations, if you want a game that is basically Vinewood Boulevard Radio from GTA 5 boiled down to like a thick substance of grease, then you have the Sunset Overdrive soundtrack, which is nothing but nonstop garage rock, uh, pop punk, skate punk noise rock it's just everything i ever listened to in college uh glued together into this really i don't know if it's underrated it's it, it's it's it got really really high praise when it came out it was an insomniac game exclusively for the xbox one which kind of pissed me off a little bit but yeah well yeah but you know i uh, gotta have something it came to
2: steam it. later so yeah, no
3: worries about I, I, that. I, don't, I don't have steam either <laughs> But, that's okay. Uh,
0: I have Steam. Play with me. And an Xbox. One. A lot of people got Steam.
3: <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, Sunset Overdrive is a game that's kind of. It came out in 2014. It was pretty. I don't know if it was ever popular, but it was like, it it kind of faded out after a while. And there's talks about making a sequel, but they, they they they're just stalling so hard with that. But anyways, the the album, the album is like a bunch of bunch of like bands from the, you know, the Los Angeles scene, the SoCal scene from the late 2000s. You got bands like Fiddler, Cheap Time, Bass Drums of Death, Meat Market, Boats, which I think, bo- Boats are so tight, oh my god. Oh, look, it's <laughs> our old friends, the Melvins. Yes. Uh, the Melvins.
1: The Melvins.
3: I don't know they were on another, the album.
1: Another grunge band.
3: <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know they were on the album, but anyways um
2: yeah
3: that's in the game hmm okay well anyways um if i had to list a couple that i really liked boats i think my all-time favorite track off the album is this is the end by boats freaking kick-ass start to the album really tight it's too bad the band disbanded like shortly after the game uh you can kind of you can kind of tell all these people these songs were kind of commissioned by the game because there's a lot of points where it'll be like I gotta keep on fighting. Try to stay alive. I gotta keep on fighting. This is Sunset Overdrive. Like they just name drop the game any chance they can. I, it's almost like when you do a film challenge and you have to have like one thing in your movie that every movie has to have. Like you have to have a penny or a toilet paper roll or something. It's yeah. like, oh, or you, yeah. you have to say that one line. Gotta say one line specifically. I'm like okay. But um what are some I can recommend to you? Um, Cody, I would recommend a lot of Shape Time music. They're they're a pretty solid band as well. They have songs like Total Annihilation, More Action. There's one song I really like called O.D. Life, which is literally just, I like to call it the Pepto-Bismol song, because the chorus is just like, Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, (laughs) Stop digesting me, stop masturbating me. <laughs> and then, uh, I love and then Josh, I'd recommend, I'd recommend uh, some bass drum of death. Between the lines is great. I want to be forgotten is probably my favorite song by them, next to run, crawling after you. Uh, Smell the night's a pretty good one too. Evan, I think you would like, um, I think you would like boats. Anyways, like they're 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 the tightest band of the group. They got like all right, okay i've got guns which is like this super like sugary like uh punk song and different answers just got it's got this heaviness to it that i really like and then there's fiddler with white on white off their first album i'm i'm kind of surprised there's absolutely no waves in this album either oh yeah melvin's rat-faced granny that's where Melvin's came from right but, I
2: have heard a bass drum of death because they yeah. did a track for one of the Adult Swim compilations one summer. I think it might have been in 2012
3: or 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, Yeah, A lot of those bands get featured on Adult Swim, which is pretty awesome. If I do think of a Wave song that would fit on here, maybe California Goth? Not California, or California Goths. It's one or the other. They have. It's the only band. They have a song called California Goths and they have another song where they just put an S after California Goth. And it's totally not confusing at all. But one song would be totally kick-ass for a game like this, and another one's just not good enough to be in a game like this.
2: Well, but. it's kind of fitting, because Sunset Overdrive, again, does feel like if you took the idea of Jet Set Radio, and you gave it a bit of a grimier edge like a pro skater game would, but yeah. then you added, like, third-person shooter elements, and the zombies, I guess, that are involved It's, yeah, it's kind it's... of like what... Yeah, just said radio but with zombies and Newtans. I do kind of wish <laughs> there was a bit more of like a hip-hop or breakbeat aspect well there are for there
3: it. is an EDM uh, album as well it was called the Fizco section the sessions it has like about five, six, four to six minute tracks so yeah, there's a little bit of EDM in the game but not very much it is very much simply like garage rock all the way throughout. Um, but one aspect of the game I really appreciate, you were mentioning this with your snowboard game, where it's like, your character, the the music can be interactive, and it can, like, sync up with your character's actions. In the game, the music can be very minimal if you're not really moving, or, or there's no, like, activity at the moment, it'll just be like... And the bass was like, <laughs> but then as soon as the enemies come, I was like, Shark was like, yeah,
2: I, I really like that kind of uh, audio design.
4: Like, it
3: actually like fits with your game, so it's immersive. And if you take like a heavy concussive hit, then the screen goes black and white, and you have like the. You know, the white noise streaming up and then the music kind of sounds like it's going through a tunnel. It's like...
0: <laughs>
3: I, yeah, a lot of the songs are just three-chord bang bangers, but that's all right with me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's definitely a game I would love to play again. I should probably get it um, someday. I could probably order it online and just play it again because it was such a rollicking good time when i first played it at a friend's house yeah i also mentioned in our video game podcast but for a very brief period of time but yeah sunset overdrive rocking soundtrack um i kind of wish more of these bands were still working today i know fiddler released an album almost free didn't really like it (laughs) They're, all these all these artists are getting very clean now. They're they're getting production value, and I don't like it. <laughs> Go back to your roots. I, l- I like my stuff raw Aww. and unpl- and just distorted. Like, I just loved. found out that uh, Dan Sartain passed away back in March. Sorry, who? Who? Dan Sartain. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, he is was. Uh, he had a few tracks on uh, in Sunset Overdrive. Uh, that we're gonna have a
3: party. OD Life. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was the guy who did the uh, the Pepto-Bismol song. Aw, I'm yeah. sorry to bum you out. Oh, uh, well, that happens. Eh, uh, well, anyways, smell the night for fun, boys. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Oh. Uh,
2: well, I feel for my last pick, it's very fitting given that the show this sort of compilation slash soundtrack was released for after over a quarter century on the air next winter will be its final season and i say hey what a wonderful kind of day oh man Josh i've been waiting D- a long time to talk about this cd because i this particular soundtrack because i have so many memories with it but i'm going to be doing for my final pick tonight arthur and friends the first almost real not live cd or tape from 1998 oh man and now back to arthur yeah this is essentially a full-length cd of songs from the episode arthur's almost live not real music festival which was always a blast watching reruns of and even you know as a kid it was so exciting and just the amount of different <laughs> i wouldn't maybe not style but there's some different styles on here the references to actual episodes i mean like, the very first track, that version of Believe in Yourself, I remember borrowing the tape of this from the library and jamming out to it in our family car when I was like six or seven.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, no, um, I owned the CD of this, uh, in, I rented it in 2001, it was one of the most iconic rentals I ever had, um, but, uh, Not to get too ahead of ourselves, but, uh, so Believe in Yourself, that's the theme song for Arthur, uh, performed beautifully by, uh... That's a
2: lot of kids' gateway into reggae music, because Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers got a huge boost of of, of recognition and interest from doing the theme song
0: for this show. Oh, it's true, they did. Another thing, um, I gotta mention is, uh, the next song, something y'all gotta remember, if you're, especially if you're into reading... Having fun, Having fun isn't, hard isn't hard. When you've got, when you've a, got library a library card.
1: card. I'm, getting like, I'm getting like I'm getting like flashbacks
3: to like a year ago on the first so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> we're bring
0: yeah. it full circle. And we covered nineties cartoons, yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. remember uh yeah, I also uh, um to, more to your point, um, my favorite song, uh there were a bunch of uh, uh, the songs off this album. There were songs that uh, the showrunners made spe- exclusively for this CD or tape because uh, Buster got his own song about his yeah, obsession. the UFO with... song. The UFO song. The entire episode Meek for a week, where Francine was the central character, that gets turned into this really yeah. bop and well, rock tune. I actually tune. Re-
2: really remembered what when I watched Arthur and the True Francine. That episode was pretty fun because it was. I think they made a book on the episode or the other way around, but that reminds me a little bit of Walking on Sunshine Meek for a week. It has yeah. that same sort of... Drum, but
0: that, <laughs> it really does. And it's I've, it's it suits Francine because Francine herself is a drummer. Um, to be honest, my favorite... Um, oh, and let's not forget uh, the Brains song. Because I was... Jekyll, Jekyll, hi, Jekyll, hi, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll,
3: Jekyll, hi, Jekyll, hi. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, I feel like a kid again. Just yeah. Just finding this on a VHS tape somewhere and just playing uh, it. Man. Yeah. Uh, now, the
2: the great one of the things where my mind was blown was with Matali Musti, A.K.A. the Pinky song. When you hear the violins come in, like
0: it just takes me somewhere wonderful. Is that the one where he sings about his nightlight? Based on the oh, no, episode that's my nightlight. Matalia Musti is from the episode
2: where there's that uh, Swedish pop group Binky. Yeah, oh, it's right, like, yeah. Maybe ooh, it's, ooh, yeah, that maybe it's ooh, one. Ooh, but, ooh, ooh, but the group that the it I believe is from Finland. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the ooh song. Oh, right, yeah. Ooh, sorry. Ooh,
2: sorry, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, that sorry hook, Binky. That is a frickin' catchy hook.
0: Oh. Oh, and, uh, Let's not forget uh, this song that Arthur. Okay, so you want to talk about how in the '90s there was this trend with uh, little vocal tracks uh, getting inserted on there. Yeah. DW tried and succeeded on the third, well, on, the third on the third try to get <laughs> crazy guys. Crazy bus riding oh on that crazy bus. Wild just wants to fucking die, and I don't blame him. This song is trash. <laughs> Wacky, goony, goofy, spoony. How do you know all the words? No it's flat on the bottom. Yeah, tell that to the auto repair shops. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but my nightlight, actually, I remember thinking about it. It actually is pretty grand in scope for what's essentially a kid's song. Yeah. It does give Binky a lot of. Grin. I also really like the the reggae tinge of my luck, of, of Lucky Pencil.
0: Yeah, that was a good one.
2: And of course, Evan and I can both relate to just the the acapella glory of homework. Just a little no, homework, homework to... tonight. Yeah. I want to dive.
0: I remember. You know. Uh, well he's not singing crazy bus again so you're fine our third (laughs) our third grade teacher actually hummed that song one day no i'm not that happened our our third grade teacher hummed that song and we all kind of laughed because we all knew where the hell it was from also uh our third grade teacher was nothing like mr rapper he was nice. A little, like the, the little poetry cl- poetry club, the little
2: bit of like um spoken word stuff towards the yeah the bongo
0: episode. drumming. Uh, uh,
2: my dog pal does the whole like Arthur trying to make the country song about here on
0: planet. fan. fan. Th- that was uh my dog pal. That was basically Arthur writes a story turned into a song. Yes. Yeah, several of these ep- several of the episodes got their own song.
2: Which speaking of that particular episode, Marnie and I, she actually has a tape with a bunch of like. Arthur Episodes taped from PBS at the time and uh Arthur Rice's story was one of them, so it was neat to check that out. It also had one of the only real like quote unquote celebrity
0: uh features with uh, Art Garfunkel singing the ballad of Buster Baxter, that which was, was cool. at the time that a
2: was... pretty deep arc in yeah. the show.
0: Yeah, I know because in in the second <laughs> to to I give you an I idea of us? Arthur, in the second season, Buster literally the character Buster just Goes to, goes to spend some time with his dad, who who is a pilot and, is fly, and lives in transit uh, in perpetuity. So uh, our, Buster wasn't on the show for like a good season, and then at the beginning of, I believe, the third season, he comes, the episode Buster's Back and the battle of Buster Baxter, yeah, they got Art Garfunkel as a moose to basically sing uh, this charming little folk song about how Buster is, uh, you know, this cool guy who went around the and world. And all
2: the food he ate along the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love how that episode ends, by the way, where it's like, hey, how long has the singing guy been with you? I thought you invited him. Mom,
3: there's a big creepy moose hanging around
2: us all day. No, Mom,
0: there's a singing moose in front of the house.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, the early seasons had some pretty witty writing. And even, um, even, um, Arthur versus the Piano, I forgot to mention, they kind of really make fun of, like, the typical pieces you'd play if you were practicing piano, which, most kids had to take piano lessons whether they wanted to or not. Oh, yeah. That was that was also based on an episode. Leftovers' goulash towards the end is just kind of a little bit of a funny riff on um, that one piece of classical music, I think. It uh, might have been the basis for the fighting food on Steam, but where Arthur's dad, David, who's a chef, is basically listing all the like dishes he wants to make and how Arthur and D.W. being kids don't like any of them. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> not um, hungry anymore! Hey! Yeah. Oh, my God i i remember when it was the fall of 2006 i just started high school but when there used to be sunrise records at hillcrest which is the mall in my area uh they did have this cd for like 15 bucks and i got it right there because i I tell me
0: you still have it because i gotta get these tracks back on my on my phone
2: it brings you
0: back to your childhood tell me you still have it a simpler time yeah oh also there's this think the
2: thinking tune i like to think why, battery, mm. two, do mm, now, I'm just imagining the meme of SpongeBob and Patch of thinking. <laughs> with
1: the free yeah, not <laughs> charges. Uh, right, uh, I
2: do wish that this got some sort of. I mean, it's going to sound dumb to think that to say this should be released on vinyl, but I can imagine there being like a limited run with a nice colored vinyl. The show is going to end after like next winter and like february or something
0: and it took him 25 fucking years but arthur is finally in the fourth grade and dw's finally in kindergarten i mean let's be real at least they're ending with them moving up a grade because a
3: certain other show where they're always stuck in the same grade could take some notes oh like the simpsons oh, uh, shots fired well actually that could that could apply for both uh recess
2: and the simpsons so take your pick uh, they kind of did that but i don't know if it's quote unquote canon And as an aside, apparently I think the last episode of Arthur is going to be called All Grown Up. And I think for a show as defining as Arthur, for getting a lot of kids in the mid-late 90s into, maybe not only animation, but it taught them a lot of really complex life lessons in a way that didn't talk down to them, didn't complicate things. It just, it was sort of a very much a slice-of-life animated series, and it did take risks, even as recently as this past
0: year. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, If you can find a a fairly affordable copy of this, whether it's a CD or cassette, because, again, cassettes are back in, but in 1998,
2: not too many people had them. Track this down and own this. This is a must-own soundtrack for anyone that ever watched the show or has kids or young cousins that want to get
0: into the show. Yeah, no, this was, uh, if you want... By the way, I feel like, um... Josh, since you're kind of like an unofficial executive producer on this show, I feel like uh, you and myself and maybe a a guest could lead an episode of like a a retrospective. We've done several retrospectives on classic Simpsons episodes. I feel like we should do a retrospective on classic Arthur episodes. And by that, I mean stuff that we haven't talked... I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm right there with you. You got it. So... I I want to do that uh because I feel like there's a ton of episodes we didn't cover in our initial so to speak '90s uh, cartoon episodes. Uh, if Lyle or Cody want to join, uh, I go back and remember which ones you did already cover? Well, I, I want to cover basically like stuff it's... from I want to cover stuff from the first four seasons, which is and because I stopped watching at around season five, and the show went on for like 25 more years, so. But there's a little... I know, I stopped watching, it would have been around 10 or 11, so they're like 2006, oh, wow. 2007. Wow, you lasted a lot longer than I did. Yeah. So, okay, so... And yeah. as an aside, if you like podcasts and you like Arthur, check out Finding DW, voiced by one time uh, DW voice actor Jason, Jason, Jason Swimmer. DW was voiced by a dude? My childhood was alive! The
2: facts you only
0: found out today. Yeah. I was today years old when I learned yes. that. Well, um, I also yes, know... Yes, it's, it's ever since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Arthur voice actors, you know uh, Dad and Binky uh, were voiced by the same person, and it kind of, you can kind of tell. Yes.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, Bruce Jinsmore. Also, what I liked about Meek for a Week is it also highlights Jodie Rester's pipes, because, uh, she was a...
4: She, I saw her in a bunch of other Canadian shows, some of which may have been seeing the Nostalgia Part Two episode. I think yeah.
0: it was Mental Block was one of them, but like Meek for a Week, and also one of the other track, uh, track from like the later one. Arthur's really rocking music. She can, she sings pretty well. Yeah, she does. Um, that's because also I remember the episode of Arthur where uh, Francine tries to sing and do d- play drums at the same time so but her friends try to tell her lovingly that she can't d- she she doesn't sound very good when she does it so she compromises and decides to just sing instead of uh, sing and play drums which is cool um, but yeah I know so that's that's a great pick um for uh, my last pick of the night I am going to uh, take us back to the 1980s where, um, specifically the year 1986, where one of my all-time favorite movies uh, got got one of the most iconic uh, soundtracks of the time period. Case in point, Top Gun. I don't... I... (laughs) Yeah. A.K.A. the one song from that soundtrack everyone remembers, but, yeah, so, back in the 80s, Kenny Loggins was famous for two iconic rock songs made for movies Footloose, of course, and How Away to the Danger Zone. Hey, 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 what about
2: I'm Alright? Uh, oh. Caddyshack.
0: Alright, yeah, Caddyshack, my bad. So, this is the, the soundtrack to Top Gun. Um. How does um you you want to know how uh, certain songs incorporate into this '80s gem? Here's how. So the movie um and and just by the way, full disclosure. Uh, about about a week ago, I was on um Ace's podcast film the films the films Unchained podcast. Please go look that up. It's a great show. I will send a link for th- I'll set up a link for that in the description um of our podcast so you can go check it out. But Ace had me on the show for an hour and a half to just talk about Top Gun, the plot. You want to hear me talk about to- breakdown Top Gun the way Cody would break down a movie on Pop Talk? Go listen to uh, my episode of Films Unchained where we talk about Top Gun. Okay, so now we didn't really touch upon the soundtrack on that show, but I, here's what I am going to say about the soundtrack of Top Gun. Um, I love Danger Zone is uh, in a something I I've never seen this before but danger zone plays three times throughout the movie and I am not quite sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing um but uh it, whatever the case danger zone awesome rock and tune there is one other the only other uh I'm uh this might actually be a little hot take um Kenny Loggins made two songs for Top Gun he made Danger Zone, which everyone knows, and Playing with the Boys, which uh, is sh- played in the iconic shirtless volleyball scene. Um, so that song, I actually think, is slightly better than Danger Zone. Uh, it, it's just, a, it's just the perfect song when you're you're at a, a, a true story. Um, Lyle and I used to go to Wonderland with friends. Um, well, we still do, but we, when we would go to Wonderland with friends. And I would go meet up with them. That was the song I would always play on the way to Wonderland. And when I would get on the bus and go back home, leaving Wonderland. Playing with the boys. Awesome song for a summer day where you're just out with your friends. It's a great tune. Uh, There's also my, my my other favorite song on this album is Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick. Which you hear an instrumental version of it in one of the flight scenes. But the full version is of the song plays out the movie in the closing in the credits. Uh, great song by Cheap Trick, a song that no one that isn't talked enough about, in my opinion, uh, underrated. Uh, there's also um, Tina Marie's uh, "Lead Me On," which plays in the bar scene in the bar scene, and then there's also "Hot Summer Nights." Now talk about old songs. Uh, the reason why there are a couple of older songs in the in the movie is because they wanted to give Maverick, you know, some character to show, like, what kind of music he grew up with uh, at the time. So, there are three classic songs from before the 80s in the movie. There's uh, Great Balls of Fire, which Cody talked about on uh, when he discussed Stand By Me. There's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding, which it, is a, a really... Classic. Yeah, I know, that's a classic. And then there's also, um... Another classic. You've lost that loving feeling. Whoa, that loving... Which leads to one of the most iconic karaoke scenes in movie history, where the whole bar full of all these naval men just breaks into song, singing for this one woman. It's so beautiful. Um... There are a couple of other songs uh off the off the soundtrack that uh are only played uh very briefly. There's uh Destination Unknown and then there's a uh, a Loverboy song. So- yeah, there's a yeah, Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho and then By there's Rancid. Yeah, and then there's also uh a Loverboy song Heaven in Your Eyes um which plays like very briefly in uh one of the scenes where Goose and Maverick are just chilling waiting for Goose's wife. But, uh, the, I, I forgot to talk about the love song of the movie. (laughs) Top, take my, take my breath away. I was going to ask, I was actually, I was actually going to hum that song
1: and be like, which song is that, uh, Evan? Because I, I know, I, I was like, what's that, like, love song that they played in Borat as well? Yeah. (laughs) I know that's in Top Gun.
0: It was, uh, the song, the song was, I've only, that, that, that song is, take my breath take my breath away by berlin was the love theme of that movie it plays uh four times it it, throughout the whole movie um which may seem a little excessive but it was the 80s you know you could get away with that kind of cheesy stuff and um but um yeah i know that that's uh that song has been in several other movies it it was in borat you say i remember it being featured very briefly in oceans 11 too remember when uh, the guy is running out of the casino and he gets gunned down at the entrance when they're going through that montage of people who try to rob casinos and stuff and they failed. but yeah so that's um but yeah no so this top this soundtrack is kick-ass like if you're into 80s music this is the soundtrack for you it's really it's even good. got its own little guitar solo in the in the vein of the top gun anthem that's oh that's very true uh <laughs>
2: by Steve
0: LeMet was even free DLC for Guitar Hero 3. Oh, nice. Um, What's really sad is, um, I know we're not talking about scores tonight, but uh, Harold Faltermeyer who scored the music for Top Gun, uh, Josh, I said his his last name correctly, Harold Faltermeyer, his guitar, his beautiful guitar score for the movie has never been released anywhere except for, you know, a couple of riffs off of uh, the album I'm talking about, the Top Gun official soundtrack. Um, other than that, um, um, I also am not a big fan of the, uh, the remix of playing with the boys that's added as a bonus track on later editions. But other than that, um, the soundtrack for Top Gun, like I, it's one of the most iconic 80s soundtracks you'll ever hear. Uh, it's a great tune. It's a great set of tunes and, uh, it made a lasting impression on me. Like if you ever want to go fast if i'm ever like in a car like on a road trip where you we're gotta t-
2: go fast
1: yeah
0: yeah no that's um that just songs <laughs> that i songs that uh, songs that i uh i grew up with and um it's kind of what got me into 80s music in the first place yeah um that's really all i have to say uh is What's i'm just... interesting
2: is they added a few songs in the 2006 Deluxe Edition. Um, yes. Can't Fight This Feeling, The Final Countdown,
0: Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Wow, those songs weren't even in the movie. No, but, see, I feel like The Final Countdown should have been,
2: like, you know, as the jet is taking off in the carrier, that's what should have been blaring. Wait, that would have been
0: cool. Europe's The Final Countdown was on a bonus edition? Wow, I I, yeah, I could see that. Track. Oh, okay. I could see that, actually. You know, um, one thing I... Uh, so, um... <laughs> I maybe we're in speculation territory, but in a couple of months we're going to the theater to see Top Gun Maverick. What is
2: finally coming out for real this time? Yeah, which no, not another delay.
0: Right after we go with Cody to see Dune,
2: which also will not totally not get another delay.
0: Yo, don't jinx it, please. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want Dune to be okay. So, Cody, just uh, full disclosure. Last time I was at the theater, I saw the latest trailer for Dune and I, I was completely sold. I'm like, this is going to be sick. And then, and then, so I'm, I'm there, I'm sold. And then, uh, there is a new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Please, God, Local government's in charge of making restrictions. Please do not shut down movie theaters again. I really want to go see *Talk on Maverick. I want Cody to see Dune. And I want us to see Spider-Man. No way home. Please. We're There's sick of this. What could have been too? Did you know Toto were
2: intended to perform Danger Zone, but because of legal conflicts between the film's producers and their lawyers, that didn't happen?
0: I did not know that. Also, here's something else. Here's another fun fact about the soundtrack that uh, you may or may not know. They appro- The filmmakers approached Brian Adams uh, so that he- his song, Only the Strong Survive" could be in the movie. Unfortunately, he declined to allow any of his music to be in the movie because he felt that the film glorified war.
2: So, I've s- everything I do, I do it for you, uh, being in a Robin Hood movie where he shoots
0: arrows at people is not, you know, glorifying war. Well, that's a love scene, Josh. <laughs> so that's a true. love song, Josh.
2: I mean, he was right, though. The guns would be silent on Remembrance Day. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> I'm loving this. You're just making Brian Adams look like the biggest hypocrite ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Danger Zone has this weird what
2: if story where it's like you know, Ario Speedwagon were approached to perform it, but they declined because they wouldn't be able to write their own stuff. Corey Hart was asked to perform it, but he declined as he wanted to write performance so, other
0: stuff. So then Kenny Loggins was like the third guy they approached more like four.
2: that's amazing and, yeah. and even judas priest would have had their song reckless on on the soundtrack but they declined because they thought the film wouldn't be would flop and it ah. would have, they would have had to live it off of their record turbo yeah. that came out in 86
0: so the reason why i brought up top gun maverick is we're in speculation territory but what do you guys foresee the music in that movie will be like
2: a trap remix of take my breath
0: away oh god I hope not. Or, or a new version of Top Gun Anthem,
2: where there's a new, a newer guitarist that does a solo, or maybe it's uh, Andrew Watt, who I think is post Malone's producer, but he does some really good guitar work. I could
0: see uh, something like that. Right. Or maybe there'll be like a new, a new version of Danger Zone or something. Oh, that would. Yeah, maybe like a maybe like a nice mix of like the
1: '80s sort of like guitar, but also have it sort of be modernized with like some sort of score that would fit the times today so just like a mix of old and new that would kind of fit the tone of the film yeah i i have a feeling it's going to be just like top gun but for the new age that's kind of what the new one looks like
0: yeah well because it's got you know gopro footage of uh tom in a real jet which will look super cool but um i can't wait it's to gonna
1: s- be mission, it's gonna be mission impossible but
0: in a jet that's all it did. <laughs> well, well, you know, Mission Impossible 2 in a jet. but No,
1: it had the air hug, but it also had Take a Look Around. Wasn't it? <laughs> s- and
0: a Napster anthem. Well, what uh, what could you, the... F- how do
1: you make these connections that fast? That's amazing. Oh, my God.
0: I, I, I'm really... You know, yeah, I know. The point is, like, I'm pumped for Top Gun Maverick. Get it into the theaters already. I want to see it.
2: Does that mean we can get a Top Gun Goose where it's just geese flying fighter jets? <laughs> Talk about a flying No, gear. no, no. You hear that, money ducks, Game
0: Changers? No. This is the kind of stuff you, know you should wh- be aiming no, for. No, you know what? Uh-huh. I've I noticed there's a weird parallel. <laughs> like, you know how with the Rambo franchise, the f- th- the titles completely changed. Think about this. Th- like, in the first Rambo movie is called First Blood. Second movie is called Rambo First Blood Part 2. Third movie just drops First Blood and just calls itself Rambo 3. And then the fourth one is just called Rambo, no number. And then the fifth one is Rambo, called
2: No Number. A soldier with no
0: name. Yeah, no, the fi- and the fifth one is called Last Blood, which I haven't seen yet. Um but That's I will say, never really the Last Blood. No, but I will say this. Can you imagine if like the Top Gun franchise goes the same way? It's like so Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, Maverick 3. Uh, and then the 4th one is just Maverick, and then the 5th one is called, like, Final Gun or some shit. Last Flight. (laughs) Last Flight, yeah. And then there'll be an animated series called Top Gun, The Force of Freedom. Oh. I feel like that's something that could actually happen. Like, I'm s- they might-
2: And then there'll be a video game where they go, he's a man, not a god, come on
0: comrades. Oh, there- there have been tons of Top Gun video games, and I've played several of them they're hit and miss are you a bad enough dude to be the top gun yep okay so uh Aww. i've talked we've talked about top gun enough i'm eager to see the I, sequel I have a kind of like another what if for top gun anthem because uh
2: billy idol guitarist steve stevens and also i guess one time michael jackson guitarist, he does the guitar part on there but if, if anyone knows like 80s guitar legends and stuff who do you think would have been a better
0: replacement for him on Top Gun Anthem to make it that more iconic? Um, I'm not that familiar with good, like, I, I see Lyle. Maybe you can attest to this because I'm honestly not that familiar with uh, guitarists. Or Cody, maybe you can attest to this, especially from the eight, like uh, I, I familiar, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with bands, maybe, but not. Uh, uh,
1: what's his name? Uh, Mark. Uh,
2: Mark. Uh, Mark What's his name? Oh, Mark Mark Knopfler. Wow. <laughs> that would actually be really interesting cuz Dire Straits material is a little bit more jazzy and and laid back and minimal. I yeah, I would love to see name. like a coffee house version of Top Gun Anthem with Mark Knopfler. Oh, cool. That's what, no, Mark Knopfler would do a great job.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, side note, I'm really
2: surprised they did not consider using Money for Nothing for like when the jet is like roaring down or, like, the runway,
0: or there's some sort of... Because, like, when it comes to the do-do-do-do-do-do, doo, that part... Hey. M- hey, Listen, maybe... Even, even just, like, a more sentimental... Just even more of,
1: like, a sentimental moment in the movie, Brothers in Arms would be very nice yeah. and soaring to look at in the sky. Yo, well, yeah. Yo,
0: guys, I <laughs> will... We're, g-
1: like fans, we're, like, fan fiction of
0: Top Co- No, you know what? <laughs> if any of... The, it's It's awesome, I love it, but... If any of these songs you just mentioned wind up in the sequel, I will give you something. I will give you guys something. I don't know what it is. I'll give you something.
2: Yeah, uh, the satisfaction is enough. Yeah, cool. Or, or, or payment.
0: Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, Cody, what's your last pick of the night?
3: There you go. Evan we both talked about our favorite 80s movie.
0: Bingo. And its soundtrack. And its soundtrack. Awesome.
3: And I've its amazing. name Mo.
0: Oh. Okay, Cody, what do you got? This is-
1: so, so, is this soundtrack going to be your wingman? <laughs>
0: uh, 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 yeah. Thank you. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, boys, I think we've uh, delayed long enough. Let's close out the night with soundtracks. Okay. With, what, with what, what could possibly be one of the greatest soundtracks to any film ever recorded.
0: And we're talking so guys, about. Let's go.
1: Let's go back to the summer of 1978 at the last day of school. And let's start jamming out to some classic, classic 70s rock. And of course I'm talking about the album off of the Richard Linklater hit, Dazed and Confused. School's
4: School's
2: out for summer. summer. Oh, man, I love seeing this film. This is, this is the 90s sort of love letter to the 70s that I'm sure, you know, a, a 2020s film is to the 2000s or 90s or whatever.
1: There's there's sort of poetry with my life where it's like, if I'm not in love with the 90s, <laughs> I'm in love with the fucking 70s because 70s rock is like a huge part of my heart, as you can tell from the Led Zeppelin shirt that I happen to be wearing. <laughs> But this album is so good and so dense and so jam-packed with tunes that not only is it one album, it happens to be two albums. The first album is nicknamed the film soundtrack everybody will be talking about, and the next album was called Even More, They Found Their Stash Again. (laughs) Or They Found Your Stash Again. And it's just like a stone smiley face on both of the albums. (laughs)
2: It, it, that reminds so, yeah. me of like well, you know the thing about when it's from this is another Simpsons reference to Duffless where like Bart hides Lisa's science journal it's like where did you put my journal I've hidden it to, to, to find it you'll have to decipher a series of clues each would have found it it's like my, my, history with, my history
1: with Days of Confused, uh, you guys gotta know, there was a part of my life in grade 6 when I first saw this film where my life was, I wake up, I go to school, I eat three meals, I watch Days of Confused, and I go to bed. And then it was like that every single day after that. Rinse, cycle, repeat. Rinse, cycle, repeat. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of this movie. I echo exactly what Quentin Tarantino said about Days of Confused, is that he said... Every time you watch this film, and it can be like every once a year or once every other year, it feels like you're back together with some old friends. Like, it is quite possibly the best hangout movie Aww, of all that's time. a metaphor for us.
0: Aw. <laughs> Beautiful. And there's
1: two things that you do with Days Confused. One, you hang out with these characters, and two, you listen to the soundtrack. And three, and, much like the... and maybe not so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's simple. <laughs> Um, the much like with the Stand By Me soundtrack again, diegetic or non-diegetic I have no idea what songs are supposed to be fit into the context of the film or if there's characters playing that from the radio because there's actually a couple moments that I noticed where it is coming from the radio and all of a sudden it mixes it into just the actual score or not the score but just within the film itself. It's really strange and they do it vice versa sometimes too. I mean, Jesus! Any movie that begins with "Sweet Emotion" by Aerosmith and then ends with "Slow Ride" by Foghat—I mean, two of the greatest fucking rock songs of all time. Like, there was a, um, there was a old in the, or not an In Color, there's an old Chappelle show sketch where Dave Chappelle and uh, John Mayer were trying to prove that white people dance automatically to the sound of an electric guitar. It's true if you play that if you play that riff in sweet emotion of it just gets me up excited just motivated it's just happy to be living life like i i just feel so happy that i can listen to a song like that anytime it comes on like i'm not kidding but, Jesus, name dropping here. Here we go. School's Out by Alice, uh, Alice Cooper. Tush Alice by ZZ Top. Yeah, I was about to say Alice in Chains. Uh, Tush by uh, ZZ Top. Oh, my God. Paranoid, Black Sabbath, Fox on the Run by Sweet, Stranger Hole by little... uh, Ted Nidgin. confused, beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Even
2: uh, Cherry Bomb by the Runaways before the Guardians of the Galaxy made it popular. (laughs) Right. I really love the use of Hurricane as they're going over to the bar, I think where the pinball machine is. You know, here comes the story of the Hurricane, the man the authority
0: came to blame. I gotta rewatch this.
1: It's funny, that, that Bob Dylan song and Sweet Emotion are the two songs from the film that aren't on either record. Oh, cool. I don't know why. No, it's not cool. It's uh, not cool. No. <laughs> You're oh. missing two songs. <laughs> wow. It feels incomplete. So you got to watch the movie and then you got to hear like more of the songs, but I don't know why they exempted those two out.
2: You oh, okay. got
1: No Rada by War. Yeah. And also why can't we be friends from them too? Yep. Yep played in the part where the girls were getting the initiation
2: <laughs> yes that's <laughs> All i, I like i like days and confused because it's a richard Linklater film much like school of rock without the massive length but also again it's a movie that even in the early 90s was trying to comment on like the harshness of you know finding your way in high school with stuff that i don't even think would have been done at the time the movie came out in terms of like 90s high school but especially in looking at in the 2020s looking at something that's supposed to portray the 70s mm, mm, that's 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 a lot
1: yeah 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 uh rock and roll all night by kiss there's even a maybe uh or uh, sorry josh you can probably clean this up for me but is uh highway star by deep purple is that in the first rock band or is that in the demo it's that in the first is in one. the first rock band on the disc
0: it's in the first
2: one. On the, is, it, is, it a, is it a song you can play, or is it the demo where they're it's driving down the highway? You, it's the intro that you play here when the game starts up, and it's on disc. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Well, I'll listen to that song. I recommend it to you. Okay. Cool. It was also in Elite Beat Agents, in the level where there's the dog and you have to help the dog get back home, because it was missing. Uh, right. for,
1: for, um, for Josh... Um, it's funny, I just named all the songs off of the first track. Now the first track, my, it was either my uncle or my mom that owned that CD, and when I realized so that they Kobe, had collection, why don't you show I us the collection, I it for way. my own. Yeah, but. yeah, so yeah, I was gonna get to that, I was gonna get to that. Um, so the first the first album I it was either my mom or my uncle that owned it and I just kind of claimed it after I realized that one of them had it and I loved the film so much and then for my either my birthday or for Christmas they got me the second album so I had both of them so I was so happy so into the second album for Josh I would recommend the first track Free Ride by uh uh oh, the yeah. group come on take a free ride free oh, yeah. ride love it uh oh evan no more mr nice guy by alice cooper oh yeah i'll, I'll check it out one.
2: also i love yeah i was in the right place but it must have been the wrong time the wrong
1: time i was in the right place by dr john talking about, uh, yes dr john I actually, I, I, dr john i recommend that to all of you guys right place wrong time
0: okay
1: uh uh, a great a great song off of the second one is uh, Summer Breeze by Seals and Yes, Frost.
2: I would hear that all the yes. time on, like, I think, Sirius X on the Bridge when I'd be driving with my dad. That's a really nice, warm, summery song. Oh, mm. very nice song to play in the summertime.
0: Not only do but I, yeah, like I got
2: get... And to end on the second disc, we have, of course, Happy Gilmore's favorite Leonard Skinner song. Oh, yes, Tuesday's Gone with the Wind.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh... And, uh...
1: My, yeah, go ahead,
0: go ahead. I've got to get, I've, I, I, I bought a copy of this movie. I've only seen it once.
2: Watch it. I have,
0: no, I've seen it once. I want to watch it again now. Like, I watch really want. Watch ah, it again,
2: with Lyle. With Lyle, okay. While? Sure. How many times have you
0: seen it, Lyle? <clears throat> uh, three times. you seen it uh, three
1: uh, times. Oh,
3: just
0: three times. Do you do you
1: remember any tracks off of it that were noteworthy, or uh, you mentioned them all?
0: He did, yeah, you mentioned them. All.
1: <laughs> there's two more. There's two more. So, and when I mentioned Foghat with uh, Slow Ride, they also have another great song of it. Uh, I just want to make love to you. Really kick ass rock song. I think it's and, really big cover. and then last but not least, a song that kind of brings me back to just hanging out with my parents. Uh, Josh just mentioned it. It's the live version of Show Me the Way by Peter Frampton.
0: That's a great awesome.
1: one. It's the live version of the song. The not live the version. Album. Yeah, the live is the better one. Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing yeah, goes. There's something about the the, the 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 album, the soundtrack, because it's in a hangout movie, and it's clearly like, because I, I find that soundtrack and playlist, there's almost like a fine line in between them where you make a soundtrack even just for your personal self or a playlist for your personal self. And this whole soundtrack feels very like personal between a neglected group of characters throughout this movie. And it's just like, you're bouncing back and forth between like friends. That's what I mean. It's a hangout movie. You're just going around seeing these people and you're just listening to these needle drops one after the other. And I think it just ties kind of nicely to just like growing up you know just again with my parents that grew up and you know they' they're, they they were born in the 70s and they grew up with this music and they showed me and it I don't know it, it's it really just brings me back and uh, it ties to that love for 70s
0: rock and roll and
1: I guess it,
0: it definitely with, I, with both with both the first album and the
1: second album I, I it is absolutely my favorite soundtrack yeah. of all fucking time.
0: I guess your parents—you could say—they showed you the way.
1: Yes, right. Josh just made that joke. Oh shit!
0: Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I was saying, can you show us the way? Can you
0: show. Us the way? Uh, I, I think I watched this in the last
2: couple of years, but uh, okay, I'm gonna try and recontextualize Matthew McConaughey's character's quote to make it a good thing, even though it's not really. But that's what I like about soundtracks. When I get older. I, I get older, they sound the same.
4: <laughs> they Actually, sound no, the same. that's not true, they
2: sound different. You see, it's hard to make that good, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I, it, And even as a film, the fact that it was a vehicle for so many, uh, like it was a launching ground, ground for a lot of actors and actresses in the early mid-90s,
0: yeah, it really yeah, was.
1: Yeah, you might you had, say
2: you had, it, you had, it, had, it has a lot in common with the Viscu universe.
0: Ah, that's true. Yeah, you
3: had uh, like Mia Jolovich, You had Ben Affleck. You had. Uh, you had Batman chasing people with a fat.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we had, had Amy in It had yeah, a paddle. It had Mark from that's Rent. The there was a uh, Beck's wife.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, also, wait, no, am I thinking of this? Oh, yeah, so, the guy that played Pink, I think his brother is, yes, his twin brother was in Mallrats. Yep. Oh, cool. Oh, Jason London? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got Renee Zellweger in here, Parker Posey. Wait, Renee Zellweger? She's in, she's confused? Yeah, she played Nessie. Yeah,
3: she
1: was. Oh, that must have been a really small part. It was. Really?
2: Okay, wow. Interesting. I just learned something. To... <laughs> what the hell? And what's kind of cool is the guy that played Mitch, Wiley Wiggins, uh, he actually works as a game designer now. Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: he was in, uh, he was in uh, Detroit Rock City, where they're trying to get Kiss tickets. <laughs> that's uh, the plot of the movie. Nice. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, just... That, that's all I have to say. That's that's the best, That's my favorite soundtrack of all time, boys.
0: Well, um, that's uh, I'm glad you kind of saved the best for last, Cody. That was um, a lot of fun uh, chatting about all these iconic uh, film and game soundtracks, and even a TV show too. Um, so. Um, yeah, I know. This was a, a ton of fun. Uh, I'm uh, kind of zonked because we've been going for a couple hours now. Four hours. Oh yeah. Can I can I can I, can I, suggest, a future, can I su- suggest a future? Four uh, hours. Can I suggest a future, so to speak, topic? Yeah, sure. We
1: need we need to do favorite scores.
0: Yes. Oh. We'll there do. There will be
2: some choice
0: picks in there for sure. We'll do. Mm. All right. Um. Anyways. Uh. Thank you all for joining in. Uh, to your lovable, annoying nerds. Uh, weekly, we'll see you next time. Peace. The fuck night, out.
2: See you next here tomorrow,
0: same time. Peace. Nice. Listen to some tunes, my friends.